Hello and welcome back to the Absolute Football Podcast. You're here with Louis Perrin and Tom Davis. Back for a third episode, Tom. Did you think we'd get this far? Uh, well, technically four, I suppose. Oh so, yeah, uh, technically fourth episode, yeah. Technically four in uh, a failed attempt yesterday as well, with me being mm-hmm. a little bit under the weather. So uh, we should really be on about five or six now if it wasn't for technical issues and me being a complete mess of being ill yesterday. <laughs> well, you know, we're getting there and we've, uh, we've got there a day late. Hopefully we'll still get the podcast up on time and if you're listening, that means we have, uh, which is good. Uh, so as always, we always look back on the week that's just gone by and talk about our sort of highlights and things that has made us excited as football fans. Uh, so Tom, what was your highlight of the last week? I'm going to be really boring. Uh, okay. And because it's probably the only game of the week and I've watched fully, sort of the full 90 minutes, <laughs> I'm going to go with Everton again. I just I oh. can't get over how good they look. I honestly They had cannot. 11 men. They had 11 men and they were against yeah. a promoted side who had yeah. 10 men. Okay, have you seen the two goals? They, okay, they conceded two goals, but you've seen the two goals they conceded. Yeah. yeah wonder strikes. Absolute wonder <laughs> yeah, strikes. Yeah. I just think they're going to re- cause real damage. And I take, like last week I said how much I don't think Calvert-Lewin's going to do a job for them. But... And we'll watch an interview with him afterwards. How, how are you basically, about that? is that is that great analysis you're thinking you did? Or well, it's just it's the Ancelotti effect. Because uh, I listened to an interview with him, and he was saying that an interview asked him said, "What are you? What, what's different now that you're working with Carlo Ancelotti?" And he was saying that he's got me working on my one touch finishing and getting me in the six yard box where I need to score goals. And all three of his goals were one came off the back of his head, two, and the combined distance of the other two is about three and a half yards. Mm. So. It makes you think if they, he's going to turn Calvert Lewin into a great player, possibly, or an effective player, and mm-hmm. that midfield is still just it's perfectly balanced. So I've got I think they're they're real contenders for top four now. I think I know it's only two games in, one was against a newly promoted team, but there's not a lot of weakness there. I think there's a real serious chance that they could do something this year. Whether it's, so whether goes, it's top four but goes... break the top six at least, I'd say. Yeah, it goes back to that kind of thing where we were saying in, it might have been episode one, or it may have been even in the episode that was never aired, but where we were talking about managers almost have this sort of aura around them, that they're some special, amazing, talented people that see the game in a way the rest of us don't. I mean, to tell a striker to go closer to the goal is is quite, it's like, it's quite obvious, but it's obviously proved incredibly effective. Uh, And it's something that in general play, I'd imagine when you're a young striker trying to come through, you want to be everywhere on the pitch. You know, just trying to show that you'll cover every blade of grass and, uh, and yeah, you'll basically prove yourself. Um, so I think for Ancelotti to maybe calm him down and just say, you know, basically go ahead, play your game and get closer to the goal and focus on what you need to do. You are my main striker. You don't need to run around everywhere on the pitch to prove that you should be playing. You should be playing. Now go and do what you need to do. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Exactly, because he's in a situation where he doesn't really have to drop deep to link the play at all because they've got Hamas Rodriguez doing that now. He doesn't have to go out wide because he's got Ricardos on one side and I can't even think who's playing on the other side at the moment. Who's, who's, their, who's their other one? Which one, sorry? Who else is playing up front for them? Who's their front three? Can't they've got think. Richarlison, Hamas. Uh, who's playing right for them? Yeah, I can't think Who is playing off the right for them? It's not Walcott, obviously not. Absolutely not, no. Uh, Moiskin came on and played right mid. I can't Probably. think. Who the hell is right mid for Everton? Or they, did they play somebody else in midfield? Maybe that we're not thinking of. But like looking back, have they played? If we're in my head. We're having a midfield three of Takore, um, 
Alan and Hamas. Alan and Hamas. So this is Hamas. I'm going to generally have to look back here. What was the lineup? Uh, Who squad. was their right mid? That's doing my head in. Ah, uh, it By was. The way, can I just say that? Yeah. Andre Gomez. Andre Gomez played midfield. Ah, uh, yeah, of course he did. Of course yeah. he did. And Hamas played off the right end, did he? Well, I guess he floated role really and probably played mm. Ricardos and always to the front too. Um, yeah. But Can yeah, I just I say it's great, by the way, that last week I had my cat come and jump on my shoulder and this week your dog is coming. <laughs> yeah, I know. I don't know where he's gone. He's just coming <laughs> lying in the middle of the floor. It's really helpful. I thought I'd close the door. He just slowly squeaked through. <laughs> Luckily, he hasn't he's a bit camper shy. So he's just lying on the floor now. Nice, um, nice, nice. Yeah, so Andre Gomez, sorry. But I think, again, if you look at that, you've got Alan, who is a brilliant player. Like we said mm-hmm. last time about him, he like, played for Napoli, finished second in Serie A. Hamas Rodriguez was the best player in a World Cup. Andre Gomez played for Barcelona. Like, that's a lot of high-quality players in a team that Ancelotti's managing when he can tell you, look, I've managed... Like, think of a top-class man player he hasn't managed. Lionel it's Messi. ridiculous. It's ridiculous, though. <laughs> yeah, but if you look, at, look back through, Ronaldo, Lampard, Drogba, the players he managed at Milan, Seydor. Like it's... Ronaldinho, wasn't it? Was Ronaldinho. he still there with Ronaldinho? Uh, yeah. Oh, I don't know. I think he may just have gone. But uh, No, he was still there because Beckham as well. Beckham came in, he managed yeah. Beckham. Pirlo. Like, you look at the players Pirlo. he's managed and who if who is somebody like Calvert-Lewin to go, I'm not really listening to him, I'm not sure I believe in what you're saying, when he's had 20 years. And isn't he the, hasn't he won the Champions League with the most teams? I think he's won it with three separate teams. It's just unbelievable. So mm. I think with him being as good as he is and that team, I think they're going to surprise some people this year. I think they really, really will. And there is a very good chance of finishing top six, I think, especially after uh, another team I'm sure going to come up this week. Um, didn't exactly have the best start to the season. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to sit with Everton again. And it won't be Everton mm. every week because I'm a Chelsea fan. So <laughs> I'll, fi- I'll find a way of... Sc- squeezing them into it maybe we actually get a decent win but mm. yeah that's, well that's actually I remember I remember last time we, we were speaking and I said to you that um, my highlight of the week won't be Arsenal every week uh, it was yeah. for the first two weeks but it, it won't be every week um, so this week I've actually gone for um, uh, Aubameyang uh, so just to keep it away from the Arsenal theme you know obviously oh, I, just, I don't want to overdo how? it you're telling me that's the best <laughs> thing you've seen this week what do you mean yes what him signing a new deal ah oh, boring are you honestly he is now cemented himself for Arsenal fans, and I'm opening this up for you to disagree. He has now cemented himself to Arsenal fans as the first Emirates era legend in the football club. We have not had another Emirates era legend other than Abamu. And I'll tell you why. Because they've all left. Oh yeah, we I wouldn't say he's a oh, I mean He's an incredible player, but I I don't know if he's a legend for Arsenal. I think he's probably one of our... He's been top three best players we've had at Arsenal in the Emirates era. Top five. I'd say top yeah. three, but some would argue top five. But yeah, I don't know. I think Aubameyang just takes it to that next level. He does have that aura around him where you just go, you're world-class. You're world-class and every other team knows it. With Santi, it was almost like a, we all appreciated him so much at Arsenal. I don't know if other teams did. Aubameyang, everyone worldwide knows that he's world-class. And the reason he's our first Emirates-era legend is because the others have left. Yeah, He's the first the one to sign a new deal. In his prime. Yeah, in his Possibly prime. In his prime. Possibly in his prime. But I think well, it I doesn't, think his doesn't age... look like he's slowing down, does he? Well, it's, I think it's the same thing with William again, isn't it? What's he, 31, Aubameyang? Yeah. I think if somebody was going to... The money they'd have to pay for him, realistically, if he went to 
Who else does he go to at the age of thirty? So he's got one year left in his contract. Yeah. What do we need? Well, he turned down Barcelona. Let's say so. When that's Fabrizio Romano verified turned okay, down so Barcelona to summer, sign a new deal at this summer. Yeah. Yes, this, this, yeah, this yeah, summer. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, so that's exactly what I'm trying to say. So, he's 31 at the moment. Mm. He signs for another... Who, who does he sign for? In his, who does he sign for as an option of... Like, who's he going to improve them as a, who's a, as a big club? PSG? Okay, Barcelona, makes sense. Yeah, but, I, but look, at, like, look at what Barcelona are going through at the moment. I mean, they barely finished seventh. If it wasn't for Messi, they're a mid-table side now. Yeah, they're but they're, re- still, they're still Barcelona. As a player, imagine not them, win right, that's your option. He's, he's looking at it, he's probably got more chance of winning something with Arsenal than he does Barcelona at the moment. Bollocks. Bollocks. Ah, it's Barcelona. It's Barcelona. At the end of the day, you've got Lionel Messi in that team. You cannot say they do not have a chance of winning trophies. They've got Lionel Messi. Take him out and I don't think haven't got a lot yeah, but, of uh, But you haven't taken him out. He hasn't taken himself out. He hasn't left the team. You haven't taken him out. He is still a Barcelona player and they have a chance to win trophies every time they step on the pitch. If I was if I was a player now, I wouldn't want to go to Barcelona. It's like it'd be like getting on a sinking ship. So you're sat there. Right, let's take Barcelona out of it. Let's say you give the option and forget the club. You're going to play with the best player who's ever played football. Yeah, but that's not the context. That's not the context. That's not the context. What would you rather do? Because he could. That's the thing. So he's got a choice now. Get paid. Probably get paid more at Arsenal because he's effectively going to be club captain type. And is now going to sign this new deal, and he's going to be the star man, the man. Or does he go to Barcelona, who nobody knows what they're going to look like next season? Nobody has a clue. They've got an aging team that's been very well um, documented. They've just kicked Luis Suarez out. They've just got rid of Vidal. Who else knows is going to be out the door? They don't know who they're going to bring in. There's only, what's the 5th of October is the end of the transfer deadline? So that's, what, two weeks, and they haven't really signed anybody of note. Pjanic? That, like, Oh, oh, great! Yeah, what's he thirty-one as well? They, they're, they're signing all these Good players. Good footballer, though. Yeah, but it's somebody that another top team didn't want. So there's, I, they don't look good. I think you, if it was different, if it was say Bayern Munich could come knocking, but they're not going to come knocking because then he's not going to get, he's not going to get ahead of Lewandowski. So are you surprised I, I, Real Madrid didn't come knocking, considering Benzema is age. like thirty-four now? Age, I, same thing. I don't think they've. I think he's not. He's too old to have that one more move. If he was two years younger, it's different. If he was 29 now, I don't think he'd have signed the contract because Real Madrid would have come knocking or somebody like that. It's, there's not... I, I just think that eight, that couple of years does make a difference. But, but I don't understand because 31 is like prime. I'm sorry, I, I swear there's a whole generation of people who played FIFA and Football Manager or whatever who think that players stop playing football or are no longer any good at playing football after they're 31 or after they're 30. They're, they're in their prime, so he could still go for another three years and sign another deal. Like, athletes are improving year on year. The longevity is getting longer and longer of playing careers. Like, at the top level. He's not old. 31 is prime. I think you're only getting two years or three years out of him, though. And I don't think people mm. want to make that risk. Yeah, but three... three Again, it's like we do, we do this all the time. I think it's because you're... Frank Lampard's coming and you've changed your whole mentality about football because Chelsea are investing in youth. But it's no, this whole no, thing Chelsea, like three no, Chelsea, years. Chelsea wouldn't give John Terry anything longer than a one-year contract over the age of 30. They wouldn't give Drogba. They wouldn't give Lampard. It's not a... Well, maybe that's, maybe that's where the mindset's coming in. But, but it's like the 31, right, three years. So you're saying he's only going to get another three years. Three years of banging 30-plus goals a season. 
Has he scored 30 plus for you yet? I don't know, has he? Yeah, I think he has. <laughs> yeah, last season he scored 30 plus goals. To be fair, though, we also have been in the Europa League since he's come in and he's been rested every Europa League game. So we, I don't think he's actually played enough games. Yeah, if you're going to say, if you're saying you're going to have four more years in bad. Yeah, but if he goes to Real Madrid, if he goes into Real Madrid and he's playing every single game and Champions League and Cups and League. Okay, and when was like last that. time ben, when does Benzema score over 30 goals a season playing in that role? Yeah, he doesn't because he's not as good a goal scorer as Aubameyang. Well, it's not his role, is it? Real Madrid don't yeah, play football like that. Benzema well, hasn't scored. Benzema scored thirty goals. I just got the stats up now. Benzema scored thirty goals in a season once since two thousand and thirteen. Shows what role they want a centre forward to play. I don't. I just don't think. I can't see where else he would have gone. Arguably, he's the best number nine. He's top three number nines in the world, probably. And he doesn't even play number nine for us. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't even play number nine for you. So where do you? Like, I just. I can't. I struggle to see where else he would go. Well, look, I've had enough of this <laughs> Chelsea fan putting down Arsenal fans' best news in about 10 years, right? It's been the highlight of my week. It's been something that I wouldn't have expected to happen. I remember watching the FA Cup final with my dad and my dad saying, do you think he'll go? And I said, yeah, I, yeah. I think I'll It looked like he was going to go, didn't it? Um, you know, because whenever they sort of give those interviews where it's like, oh, you know, I love the club and everything, but, you know, no news yet. It's always like, oh, right, OK, where are you off to? Yeah. And because he's, you know, he's better than a lot of the players who have ended up leaving in the end anyway, right? But so looking at his stats, right, I just wanted to, to I've done some research on this just to sort of back up how good he is, OK, and why I'm so excited. Um, For Arsenal, right, he has scored 72 goals in 112 games, right? Now, he is now world-class. We now call him a world-class striker, a yeah. world-beater, everything like that, right? I want you to look at this, right? So this was his first 100 games in football, okay? In 100 games, he scored 16 goals. Yeah. 100 professional games, he scored 16 goals. In 408 games since, he scored 252. Casting that is him. just incredible. Like, So in his first 100 games, he had a goal a game ratio, obviously, of 0.16, right? So you're saying it takes him about 10 games to score a goal. If you yeah. were looking at a youth player coming through now and they had those stats, you'd go, he's not going to make it. He's just not going to make it as a striker. Since then, 0.62 goals a game, over 400 games. He's the first world-class player we've had at the Emirates. Yeah. In his prime. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I agree with that. I think it's, it's, mass, it's a massive coup for Arsenal. I think it's huge. But my thing was, is I don't... If you're being completely critical, where else you would go? That's the thing I I think when he sat down and looked at it, because you think of it now, you've got players like Coutinho who left when they could have been a club legend. Hazard could have left, could have been sorry, did leave, could have been a club legend. The grass always seems greener, but historically for the last few years, the people who've gone for that big money move generally haven't lived up to it mm. um, for whatever reason. And we're probably going to talk about it later on today, but like Gareth Bale's another one. That, although he was very, very successful there, imagine he'd stayed at Spurs for that time. I think imagine he'd been part of the Spurs team with Poch. You're talking about a different thing completely. Mm-hmm. So maybe he's just decided that for the sake of me going and having two years at, say, I think I can't see where he would go. Well, Juve probably, say. Juve probably the mm-hmm. one who seemed to be after a striker at the moment. Go to Juventus, probably win Syria. But then you could be playing second fiddle, fiddle to Ronaldo anyway. Mm-hmm. And then where do you go once they decide they've had enough of you and you only score 15 goals in one season because they're just going to be ruthless? 
then where do you go? Then, then there's nobody to take you on. Whereas if he stays at Arsenal, he'll be a club legend. He can sign another three years in in three years' time, and he's going to remain on three hundred grand a week, two hundred grand a week in three years' time. I think, personally, for a long game type of look at it, I think that's what he's gone for, because he's he may believe in the Arteta project and all of that, but if he went to Juventus, he could possibly win a Champions League. I think he's resigned to the fact he's probably not going to do that now by side of the deal. Mm. So I can't see you well, win the Champions League in the next three years. No. Well, I mean, you never know. Stranger things have happened. Yeah, before, stranger things but, have happened. Um, I mean, to be fair, I, I don't care the reasons he's yeah. staying. <laughs> I, I did yeah. not expect him to stay. And this is the best news an Arsenal fan has had in well, since Unai Emery got sacked. But yeah, no, actually, well, <laughs> best news yeah. in a long, long time. But you say, well, like, when Suarez went to Barcelona, he signed a five-year deal three months before they signed him or something stupid like that, just so they could sign him for 70 million. Hazard signed the mm. new deal when the Real Madrid deal was kind of done. It was like, he's going to go to Real Madrid eventually. Then he signed a five-year contract. 18 months later, went to Real Madrid for 100 mil, 140 mil, Then it's turned out it is now. Players do do it a lot. But I think he's a little bit older now that it probably won't happen. Yeah, no, I, I think... I think, I think that's how he's Arsenal done. Yeah. He's done. Well, Arsenal and then, yeah, Whoever China. After that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. America, but, yeah, yeah, I can see him staying with them for a while now. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, it's huge. Okay, it so- is huge news. So that was, uh, you know, my star moment, uh, my highlight of the week, if you like. Um, but back to a sort of playing side then outside of the sort of politics and the contractual situations. Uh, well, not just the playing side, actually, but football as a whole. What stood out to you then as like a, a star moment this week? Something that really caught your attention? Uh, Bayern Munich. Bayern Munich on Friday night. That's just, that team is just Did you see something. the highlights? Oh, my God. It's just something else. It's just just silly Sane and Gnagbri is one of the most terrifying and electric strike forces I have seen in I'm trying to think of something that even matches it I, it's, I can't, it's, it's I really Robin can't. and Ribery again isn't it it's Robin and Ribery but better. I think it's scarier yeah it I actually scary. genuinely it think it's scarier. scarier it's scarier the fact that he scored a hat-trick and Sane scored scored one got two assists he's not fully fit yet and then Lewandowski's there, just scored 50-odd goals last season, and he's not even part of the headlines. And Because he's going to do it again this year, let's be honest. It's just relentless. Just relentless. The machine just keeps on going. It's what we're saying about Liverpool. The thing that makes them so impressive, they're going to go again. Mm. And they've strengthened. So I can't see how anybody gets them away from where they are now. I mean, they're going to walk the German League again. But they, look, they were the best team in Europe, hands down, last year. And... Mm. You're not going to say they won the Champions League comfortably. Because I don't think anybody ever wins it comfortably, but it was it was as comfortable as, as I've comfortable seen it, for as it a long can time. be. Yeah, yeah, yeah and they've yeah. improved. They're now a better team. Well, are they a better team? Because another big thing that happened this week was that possibly mine and yours second favorite player in the world left by Munich uh, and came yeah. to Liverpool. There is that. So is that how much of a gap is that? I look, I watched the highlights of the first game where they won eight 0 and Kimmich played more central and he was he was phenomenal. Um and so maybe it's not maybe they're gonna play a different sort of role with for him, uh, and it's not gonna be as big a loss as everyone's expecting it to be. I thought Sane, considering that he is not fully fit, that bit where Kimmich picks up the ball and he just turns and sprints and he literally makes up about fifteen yards on the defender in two seconds. 
Max what is Guardiola doing? Let get rid of him. No, I, honestly, I don't. Well, I think he wasn't going to sign new deals, so it's kind of like the Eric Garcia thing currently as well, um, yeah, where they're uh, just going to cash in. So Guardiola's is ridiculous. He's he could win the Ballon d'Or. He's that good. Mm, he is that I good. Agree. Is. I agree. So yeah. it's sixty mil for him. When you look at it on the face of it, is and he's at what twenty three, twenty four. It's like oh, just behave, really, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so how, yeah, but how so, much of a loss then do you think Thiago is to Bayern? I don't think not as big as it would be for a lot of other teams because they've got so much firepower. Um, any team's going to miss him. But because of the way they play and it's all about the heavy press, so I think it's I think it's a deal that works out brilliantly for everyone. I don't mm. think anybody really loses in it that because Bayern Munich, although any team's going to be weaker for not having him in there because of what he offers they can probably get away with him not being there and still doing okay. If he wants another challenge, let him go and have another challenge. He's done everything he wanted here. Mm. He's won another Champions League now. Let him go and try it at another club. I'm just... Oh, and by the way, in, in case anyone is listening and thinking that uh, you know Liverpool fans are thinking that we're being biased as Chelsea and Arsenal fans and we're trying to downplay how good Thiago is. Oh, God, no. Let's, just, let's just set the record straight. We we literally will text multiple times a week about Thiago and have done for about three years. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, we were... He is, on my fa- apart from Lionel Messi, he is my favourite player I've ever watched on the ball. It's glorious. It's beautiful. It's and porn. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's football porn. porn. It's football porn. <laughs> And, Literal football porn, yeah. And the fact when he came on at half time against Chelsea, and the stats of just that game where he's come on and it's the first time he's at, well, what he signed like forty eight hours, seventy two hours before the game, <laughs> so he can't have trained with them because they've got to have travelled down to London as well, so they can't have trained. Mm. So he's come on at half time and made seventy two passes in forty five minutes and just gone right. I'm here now. Give me the ball. And everyone's just gone, yeah, right, fair enough. And he just played us all around the park. And he's just oh, he's an amazing player. But like I'm saying, mm. I don't think, as much as I think that, and I think he's going to be a great addition for Liverpool. And I'm a little bit more, I'm more confirmed that I think Liverpool are going to win the league now. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, I, I think Bayern Munich are the scariest thing in Europe, though, still, even without him. Yeah, I agree. Well, funny enough, um, my star of the week is actually kind of links into Bayern in the future, I think, anyway. But uh, I'll tell you what it is first and then I can see how much you... Actually, a lot of my bits today have kind of a little bit of a, a dig at Chelsea. So oh, uh, sorry if that rolls you off a bit. Um, That's fine. But my, my highlight of the week is uh, is Lamptey um, yeah, from fair. Brighton. Um, now, am I right in thinking you sold him for three million? Five, yeah. Three to five. Five million, was it? He is... Oh, the most excited I've seen watching a, a fullback in a long, long time. And what I don't understand is that he came on and had his debut against uh, us, against Arsenal for Chelsea. And yeah. he was impressive in that game. Because I remember looking at the lineup and thinking, when he came on and thinking, oh, this is good. We might have an opportunity here. And I was actually traveling that day and I couldn't watch the game, but I was just keeping updated on my phone. And all I could see was comment after comment of everyone saying, this kid is rock solid. This kid is incredible. Nothing is getting past him. So why didn't he make it at Chelsea? Rhys James. I think think he's going to be better than Rhys James. Well, he... I think he might be already. No. Rhys James has got more potential. Um, 
because of the fact that Lamptey is maybe four foot ten. He's tiny. He's um, five foot five. Yeah, yeah. He's a small man. I and I think that the the team at Chelsea have gone right. We've got okay. If we're looking at it now, he's the thing that's made a lot of headlines this week. Arguably, right back's the strongest position in England English football at the moment. When you look at it, and a lot of people are saying that Reese James is. He's been the, he was the best young player that we had coming through last year, out of everybody. Billy Gilmore was got a lot of headlines because he had a couple of good games, but Reese James is he's the one that all Chelsea players, all Chelsea staff coming out of the academy. It's Reese James is going to be the one who's going to really set the world alight. Am I missing something then? Because I've watched at least 10, 15 games of him, and I've like I'm not saying I'm not impressed as if as he's rubbish and he can't play football. I'm not mesmerised. No, he's, he's I an watched twenty five minutes of of uh, Lamptey, and I was mesmerised. He's an incredible cross for the ball, Reese James. Incredible cross for the ball. Can play centre midfield. Saw the goal against Brighton. He's not the best defensively at the moment, but that's something you can learn. I think nobody really jabbers on about Trent Alexander Arnold not being the best defender when he got ripped apart the other week by Leeds. Um, and he's still 87 on FIFA. Um, I, I think Reese James is, he was, if it had been at left back, he'd have been in the team. I think any other position and being that good, but because he was right back, he was always going to be second choice. Always going to be second choice. And his contract was running out, so might as well get something for him now rather than letting it run out till the end. Because we offered him a new contract, he rejected it. Oh, right, okay. I didn't know that. Yeah, so we he, we we offered him a new contract, and he said, "I don't, I want, I'm not going to get first. He realised he's not going to first team football, so he's gone right. I'll go and get it somewhere else. I'll do a Jaden Sancho. I'll do what all these other well, players have been doing. This is this is what I think, and and yeah, I can't wait for this to be clipped in five years' time when he's playing for Palace. But um, I genuinely think he'll play for Bayern Munich. I think I, think I, I don't think I've seen a more I, I don't think I've seen a more Bayern Munich fullback." in the first half an hour of a game than him. He is incredible defensively. He's rapid. His final ball is incredible. He's low centre of gravity. He's as close to what I've seen a right back as Alfonso Davis is left back. No, he's not that good. Oh, I disagree. He's played, he's, no, he's played two games. He's played two games. Just, don't get ahead of yourself now. He's only no, played no, two no, games. I, I, think, I, think he'll, I think he'll play for Bayern Munich. I've been in, he could have been my star of the week last week. He was he's he's incredible. I genuinely think he's well, he couldn't have been the biggest he actually, talents. He, he couldn't have been because he hadn't played for Brighton when we filmed last week. So he, yeah, he, he had like, pro- no he hadn't. We played on the Monday night. He had. He's been in he's been in team of the week. He hadn't the played. Last two he hadn't played to, yeah because we filmed before oh, the Chelsea we were, game oh, kicked okay. off. Yeah. yeah. So he's not. He's, he's a good player. I'm not going to say that he's not. I'm not going to for a second say he's not a good player. I think he's been and he did look very, very good against us. Did look very good. Um, but I think it's a stretch to say he's going to be that good after 11 professional games. Ooh. According well, to his LinkedIn. We'll, we'll, we'll clip it in, in five years and, and see. Yeah, I can't see it. I think if I was Chelsea, I'd have done the same as what we've done. Tried to sign him to keep him there. But if he doesn't want to go, we're not going to give him over the odds like we did for mm. Hudson Adoy when mm. Reese James is. Basically, as close to our starting right back now as can be, and I think he's on the verge of being seriously good. I think he's he's already being thrown around in the conversation with the likes of Trent and uh, Aaron Wan-Bissaka already. It's those three, and I think he's 
slowly but surely creeping up on them. Not maybe Trent go forward because he's just so good going forward. Um, so I think we'd have, if he just stayed, he knows he's playing second fiddle. He knows he's going to be playing second fiddle. So he looks bloody good, but I yeah I think it was probably was the right move for him to go. Anyway, uh, but I think maybe like one of those where you look back and five mil looks silly. I was one of the, I see again. I I haven't apart from the goal at Brighton. I haven't seen it from Reese James yet. So I wouldn't be surprised if it's one of those Reese James in a few years' time isn't quite making it, and then they look back and Lamptey's playing for Bayern and they go, "What a horrible decision that was." I might be wrong, yeah. but from what I've seen, uh, I I can't say that uh, that I agree yet. Um, so you may have noticed that Tom sounds a bit negative towards everything, and that's not just because I'm trying to defend go against Chelsea, uh, but it's also because he's got a bit of a cold this week. Poor Tom. I have, yeah. <laughs> so you might be able to hear uh, hear that in his voice. Don't worry, his audio hasn't gone funny. He's just got uh, got a blot noise. Um, yeah, can't so can't breathe out my nose. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of uh, of stinky things, did you like that transition? Yeah. That was good. Um, well played, well what was your <laughs> yeah. what was your uh, stinker of this week? Then what was the thing that stood out as as really negative? There's got to be only one thing, surely. Yeah, surely. I mean, see, we were saying before this, because we, we, never, we never tell each other what we have as, as the topics. Uh, so we were both saying, I wonder if we have the same here. So, so what have you gone for? United. Oh, no, mine's different. Thank God for that. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just, yeah, it's just a shambles, that is, isn't it? I think well, just to United be fair, mine club. kind of comes into, United come into mine at some point, but go on, sorry. Yeah, so mine's just United in general. For a, a few different reasons. One being the fact they lost 3-1 to Palace. <laughs> you should not be conceding three against Palace. At all. That's just a given. Uh, mm. And so that makes you think on the pitch, things aren't going well. And then off the pitch, I can't really get what's going on. Are you pointing the finger I, at Woodward? Yeah, I can't see why they aren't signing players. It can't I can't be, believe how many players they've actually been reported as close to signing and then missed out on. I was so I was reading something about that, and there was apparently there's two sides to this argument. One argument is that they are linked with these players, and Woodward's failing them and not getting them over the line. The second argument is that because everyone knows United are United and the money that they have a lot of agents are just coming out and going, oh, United are interested in my player, when there's actually no conversations been had. But if that's the case, then why aren't they signing the people they want to be signing? Because you can't tell me that Donny van der Beek was the only player they've been interested in this summer. Up until this no. point, there's no way. No. How they haven't got the Sancho deal over the line, how they haven't got Regulion, I, I just who they needed. They need a new left-back. Well, they're, they're close apparently to signing Alex Tellers now, which is a great yeah. signing if it goes Reportedly. through. Reportedly. Reportedly, <laughs> We'll be waiting for another two years. But yeah. yeah, exactly. They took them 18 months to get uh, Bruno Fernandes over the line. Everyone knew that deal was going to happen and eventually it happened. But mm. when was the last... Like, so I, as a Chelsea fan, I see Werner as the first player we've signed probably since Kante that was other teams really wanted him. Other top teams wanted him. And he chose us for whatever reason, mm. money, whatever it is. I don't really care. Who was the last player outside of Pogba, who was world class, who went to United? Well, who was the best you in know their the, position? You, you know, United fans are going to say Bruno Fernandes, but I'm sorry, he was awful against Palace, and I thought he's been awful every time he's played a semi-decent team. As soon as he's up, if he's up against any lower league, uh, lower uh, table teams, then he, you know, 
bangs a penalty in and, and gets a couple of assists. But I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't think he's world class. Uh, I think Van der Beek has potential to be. Again, don't think he's there yet. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. They they. But is that because they're changing their philosophy? Are they trying to build world class rather than buy? They need to build. Actually, what I, have, I don't know though. if they are. I don't know if they are because thinking about it, they spent eighty million on Maguire, expecting world class. And I'm sorry, did you watch that performance? I didn't know. Jesus Against Palace. Christ, yeah. Jesus. Yeah, he's got the turning circle of a twelve-wheel truck. It's not. Uh, the best. Well, funny enough, my mate Scott, who's a United fan uh, and a, a scout, actually a football scout as well, he'd be good to get on the podcast at some point. Definitely. But he uh, he said he's very. He said he's incredibly quick. So that idea that he's not quick is is not true. He said he's incredibly quick. He just has the turning circle of a truck. Yeah, and he yeah. just can't. He can't move anywhere. So well, he actually said speed. the turning circle of of Murtasaka, but I left. That out. <laughs> <laughs> but you problem. can't. Yeah, to be fair, at the time, I think a lot of people would say, I think it's hard, a bit harsh. Power of hindsight, isn't it? That was a good sign-in at the time. It was exactly what they needed. City were after him for exactly the same reason that everybody was after him. That he'd had a good World Cup, arguably. Uh, Leicester were looking good. He was dominant in the air. He was taking the ball forward from defence. He looked pretty quick. He's just been found out, and now players are... Maybe it's a system. Maybe it's Ollie's fault. I don't know. Should he be the player who's then sitting back rather than going for the ball if he can't turn. So maybe it's Ollie's There's fault. The thing, should, should they play such a high defensive line? You know, if he, Yeah, if, if he, he can't, can't turn around. can't turn around quickly and get... Because can you imagine Werner sticking himself on him? Oof. Can you imagine? Like, oh, horrendous. instantly, that is team's game plan. And that was what Palace did. Yeah. That's exactly what Palace did. They got the ball to Zaha and said, run at Maguire. Yeah. Because <laughs> he can't what turn. You, what are you going to so do? What are you going to do? Uh, yeah, so I, th- I think just as a... There's a lot going wrong there, and I think if they don't sign, I don't think Alex Tellers isn't going to be the answer. A decent left back isn't going to make isn't going to be a game changer. I don't think they need a lot more than that. Imagine Chelsea just signed Chilwell this summer. Okay, but let's be honest, right? Let's be honest. Their game changer they need is a new manager. He's been there for how long now? Two years plus. I think it's I think it's a bit longer, is it? Three years. He's been there a while. It's, he's, it's been been, there, I think he's, he's been there long he enough. Was... Yeah, yeah? Oh, yeah. Long enough to have a plan B. And it's not like Pep's plan A. It's not Pep's plan A that is so successful and so draining to the opposition. And he's so... won the Champions League. <laughs> All right, fine. But you know what I mean? He has won the Champions League, yeah. you know, with his, his style. And so has other managers with a similar sort of style. Yeah. It's not that style of football where it's like, this is incredibly tactically, you know, incredible tactically. Uh, amazing to watch and uh, wins 99% of football games, right? It's not that. It's a tactic yeah. that, quite frankly, I couldn't tell you what it is. I know it's counter-attacking against big teams. I don't know what it is against any other opposition. It's not overlapping. It's not underlapping. It's not, uh, you know, squeeze, ticky-tacka. It's none of those things. I, it's just good players playing up against average teams the rest of the time. And against big teams, it's counter-attacking. Yeah, and he does, but that's the thing. He doesn't very good against big teams, and that's what seems to put him out of the put him out of the shit. To be honest, yeah, because whenever he's got a bad run, and then you're looking at the fixtures and going, the next five he'll be out. He pulls something out of the bag the next five, yeah, and it keeps every him. time, every, every time, time. Yeah. every single time. Yeah, imagine if imagine twelve months ago, just pipe dream. If you're a United fan, twelve months ago, we've got to a position where it's Christmas last year now, say roughly. And Ollie gets gets the boot, 
and they'd signed Ancelotti. I mean, imagine. And also, you know, you're saying James Rodriguez cost twelve million. This week, it's come out he was a, he was a free. Oh, was it? He was a free. <laughs> he, they've they've signed him for nothing. No, because that's the, not the club. True. The club. It is because there was a there was a buyout clause. Oh, there was a sorry, it was a, a sell-on clause. What was it buyout clause, sell-on clause? Um, I think it was sell-on clause for whoever it was. One of his younger teams had a sell-on clause as part of the Real Madrid deal, and they didn't right. get paid a penny. So they, he can't have gone for anything. If they didn't make any money, he can't have gone for anything. Oh, my, that's mad. So they got him for a free. So imagine Hamas Rodriguez had turned up at at Man City, and they'd have signed. Allen and signed all these players that Ancelotti would have had the draw to sign. United, you mean? Sorry, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, I mean, if Ancelotti's a United manager, mm. if Ancelotti's the manager and they bring in the players they've brought in and they could actually, like, that's the thing, the reason that Everton was such a highlight is they're dominating teams. Like, Spurs didn't get a kick. I know West yeah. Brom scored two, but West Brom scored two screamers. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they well, did. It was a 35-yard free kick. I mean, you can't account for that. No, no, no. But I, I have a feeling, right, that United fans, and actually I'd, I'd need to ask my mate, it'd be good to get him on, but I have a feeling they must feel like how Arsenal fans felt under Unai Emery, but their results and squad is better. So under Emery, the biggest frustration me and you used to speak about it all the time was that I couldn't tell you what my beloved value-driven, you know, uh, class-apart Arsenal I couldn't tell you what their their structure was, what their game plan was, what we were trying to do. And I could tell yeah. you that every single game under Wenger, whether we lost 8-0 or whether we won 6-0, I could tell you what we were trying to do every we single game. We were trying to do, you could see it from a mile off, wasn't it? Exactly. And that's that's part of what why you fall in love with a football club. That is, is, I don't care what anyone says. The way you play is part of why you fall in love with a football club. And it changes over the years, which is sad because you can't go back and sort of you know, change your mind over who's playing the way the football the way you like it. It just gets put into your blood then, and you can't you can't do anything about it. Um, yeah. But it's part of the reason that I fell in love with the football club. I can't see how United fans don't feel like that under Ollie because I don't know what their plan is. I can see I think- why under Ollie they go in the big games. They go, this is like watching a Fergie team because that's exactly what Fergie used to do. Yeah. Outside of that, what is their plan? What are they trying to do? I I don't know, but they look very. They did look. You're saying about the, their what's their plan against big and smaller teams? They were rampant towards the end of last season. Like they weren't. Yeah. There wasn't. They didn't have. Yeah, but, yeah, but you're saying. You're saying about this, and it was. They just looked. Good. They had a. They looked good. They they looked good. It wasn't as if they were, just right. Let's pass like slow play and let's give it to Bruno Fernandes and see what you can do. There was movement. The front three were interlinking. One minute Greenwood would just be on the other side. Martial was turning up on the left. They, they were moving around. They were looking good. And that midfield three, when it was McTominay, Pogba and Fernandez, looked like a good good midfield three because of what each of them had something different. That you had Fernandez basically playing as a number 10, McTominay just being a battering ram and tackling, and Pogba sort of pulling the strings a bit. They looked good. And this is a problem. It's just not consistent enough. They should be beating... They should be beating uh, Crystal Palace at home. And what he's probably come up against, if you're looking at it, is he's probably been outdone by Roy Hodgson because Roy Hodgson's a better manager than Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. For all his, all his, all his faults, and maybe maybe didn't do the best job for England, maybe didn't do the best job for Liverpool, but he's a better manager than Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. And he's, tactically. Yeah, tactically. And mm. that's what he's done. He's been beaten by a tactically better manager. 
if they'd have signed somebody like Ancelotti, which I think is probably more of the problem, it's more it's a managerial problem rather than more the signings. Which is then, if you're going to get into all the politics of it, is why it is top down issues with the club. And maybe after years of people having to go at them for getting annoyed at the Glazers, maybe that is the problem. Mm. It is. Or, or is it then? Because you're saying that they looked really good towards the end of last season. And I agree yeah. they, they did. But you know my problem with that is that they looked really good against teams that were 13th downward. Yeah. Yeah. Where did Palace finish last year, though? Where was it? I don't know. Was it? It was low, kind of far it? off 13th, kind of. Yeah, I was going to say, I think it was 15th or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. but that's what. So, what I'm saying is, is it actually then that nothing has changed and it was purely a thickness issue? Is everyone making a big deal out of nothing? Because they're in five a game weeks behind time, everybody else? Yeah, well, I think they're three weeks behind preparation wise than everyone else and a game behind. One week game. Yeah, one, one game week behind. Yeah. One game be. week behind it. But then. So, is it that we'll see. be sitting here in a month going, United look back on form? I mean, we'll have to wait and see, don't we? Yeah, City came back in, though, and they looked pretty good last night, so... Yeah, see, this... Uh, They had a scare, though. They had a scare, but, I mean, that's not an easy place to go to, and Wolves have had, you know, a full preparation. So City were very impressive. That's the thing. Are the excuses just excuses? I don't know. I I don't think he is the manager to go and take Man United back to where, you know, as as an Arsenal and Chelsea fan growing up, we will both admit where they belong. I don't think he's that that manager. Yeah, same as they should be a top four team. They should be. Uh, top, top two most of the time, let's be honest. But yeah. Yeah, if you look at the size of them. Uh, and it's and it's with, with somebody like Poch just sitting there doing nothing. It just seems ridiculous. Is he the manager? Because he hasn't won anything. Don't get me wrong, I love Poch. But I actually said this to my mate and he said, I don't want Poch. He said he hasn't won anything. I want Allegri. I want a winner. But then I said to him, someone's got to become a winner at some point. Yeah, but you've got to pick a way of... This is the thing. They need to... Because from top down, they need to pick a system. They need to pick a style of what they're going to be doing. And the, the idea was, right, we'll sign a winner, we'll sign Van Gaal. Didn't work. We'll, <laughs> sign a, we'll sign a winner, that'll work. We'll sign Mourinho. Didn't work. Maybe try and build a philosophy, build something. Thank you. Take, right, so this is my point. And uh, me as an Arsenal fan, uh, not saying that Arsenal have got it all right and we're now brilliant because we're not, but we signed Arteta who we knew his philosophy and we knew those values linked with Arsenal Football Club. He hadn't even coached, like head coached anywhere before. Yeah. But we were more focused on the values and what the club actually was and what it identified as. And then if we can win that way or at least rebuild that side of it and then you trust in their talent as a coach or as a manager or whatever, then the trophies will start coming. He has won trophies. I know you're going to say it was the FA Cup and the Community Shield, but he has won trophies within yeah. six months or whatever it was. Yeah. So... I completely agree. I would go for Poch because you get back in then or not even get back in. I know Fergie did have a way of playing. You get in a style of play and a culture and a value and everything that is a football club at its very core. When you take that out, and that's why I can't ever like Mourinho or anything like that because I don't think he has any of those things. No, he takes soul out of a team, but he makes you win, generally is the the theory. And if yeah. you look at the squad they've got at the moment, and they're fairly, it's a fairly young squad. If they do sign Sancho eventually, and you look, you've got Henderson there for the future, you've got Aaron Wampasaka, you've got uh, Brandon Williams at left-back. If they sign a decent centre-half, which we've been saying for years, that midfield three is fine with Van der Beek, Pogba and Fernandez. Mm-hmm. Mason Greenwood, Sancho, Rashford as a front three. Mm. Wow. And if they're playing like Spurs were playing three years ago, look out. Mm. There's another. There's a, yet another team who are going to be pushing for the top six, and before you know it, Chelsea are going to be finishing eighth. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
so we got a bit off off topic there but yeah so you're you're i like that because we sort of end up ranting yeah. for a bit um but yeah. your so your stinker of the week was was man united and and i fully agree they should and they the should be thing, beating yeah. palace yeah and, and the whole thing around them um well actually when i said mine sort of relates to to united um is actually my stinker of the week is var and i don't think that's the first time that's going to be my stinker of the week uh this season um just a sort of pre warning if you like i am actually a big fan of var in principle and i think it is needed in football and sport in general right so it's not like i'm one of these people who just thinks it's ruining the game or anything like that i kind of think that and i'll explain why after these incidents right but i don't know if you've seen much of the football this this that happened over this weekend but there was so much var controversy uh within it yeah. uh starting with united and uh the lindelof handball right have you seen that no so you know we were talking about the the new handball rule um last week weren't we and we for were saying leads. what actually is yeah for leeds one yeah where it deflected off off a, another body part and then it hit a hand and is that now handball um so now the new rule is which not in relation to that that is still the rule if it hits up a body part and hits your arm then it's not handball right that's apparently what it is um but it's now that handball is the t-shirt armpit now yeah it's the armpit, the armpit yeah but i mean how bloody subjective is that the football is the size of someone's arm hang on wait there I've got a football here, right? <laughs> it's the size of my arm. What am I like? Yeah, but it's, 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 but it's there. So if it's got any, if it contacts anything below there, if it hits your bicep, bear in mind they're all wearing t-shirts, if it hits your bicep, then it's, that's handball. There's handball. Handball, 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 handball. But if it hits here, it doesn't help because you've got black background, but that's, that's fine. If it bounces off here, that's fine. If it bounces here, how are you? How are you meant no. to judge that? On a, I'm sorry, there. we've just done it. This is VAR right now, and I'm stood here with holding a ball there. If a ball is moving and spinning and it hits, yeah, off, it doesn't help. You're on a black jump on like, a black background, but I, yeah, okay, I see where you're coming from. It's too subjective. Uh, it's too particularly. It will. It will change. I guarantee you, there'll be so many conversations this season about was that handball? Was that the t-shirt? Was that the armpit? Was that the shoulder? Was that the forearm? Oh, forearms, yeah. <laughs> pretty obvious. Yeah, not pretty obvious. Did yeah. he catch it? <laughs> so the Lindelof one, the actual handball, I wasn't that bothered about because it literally struck his bare, right? He pretty much yeah. saved it, all right? So it was a handball. Now, what annoyed me about it is um, it was then given as a penalty. Fine, okay. Palace step up. They take the penalty. Jordan Ayew takes it. David De Gea makes a phenomenal cat-like save that I haven't seen De Gea make in a long time, right? It was, yeah. you know, when he sort of does that penalty thing where he stands completely still, and then in yeah. like a split second, he is down to the bottom like right and just claws it. Incredible, right? And he saves it. Now he was about, and I'm not joking you, and I don't know if you've seen it. He was about, VAR went and had a look at it. He was about that far, right? Don't know if I can see that. That yeah, far yeah. off his line, right? His feet were that far off the line and they ordered a retake. Of course, because you have to be on the line. He was literally that far. A oh, goalkeeper. Okay, so, yeah, but how many times? How many times have you have goal line technology then? Ah, uh, but it was it was that far from going in. It's like it's like different. saying you. No, it's not. It's like you saying you hit the post and saying it counts as a goal. <laughs> no, it's not. If you had a goal because... line, if you had a goal, right? So Liverpool basically won the league because of that John Stones uh, smacking John Stones at Edison's face and then clearing yeah, and it being missing by it worked out it was like five millimeters, which is. Which I can't even do, really. If you're that far <laughs> off, or that far off, you're off. It's if you're off, you're off. Yeah, but it, it's saving a bit. It's not a goal. It's saving 
it's like well, it's stopping a goal, isn't it? Yeah, but you're a goalkeeper. You're on the line, right? You take a step as you jump. You're in like motion. You're not going to so don't like... jump forwards then. It's a he didn't issue. jump forwards and then do it. He like so did he start on the line? Yeah, but he took then like he a, a shimmy. Have... Don't shimmy then. It's a technique issue. You know the rules. <laughs> Stay on your line. Or do right, who okay, was fine. it? Uh, who was it? There was no... there was one this week as well. I can't remember who it was. But they, because their tack, their technique is to bounce forward first, which is what you're told to do as a keeper to close off the angles. He starts a yard behind. I think it was Pickford, behind maybe. the line. Pickford? Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think of who it was now. I saw it earlier this week, and they were they stood a yard behind the line because they know they need to jump forward so they could they could move. Start behind the line. You know the rules. The rule, and that rule's been in for the last 12, 12 to eighteen months. So sorry to hear. Well, okay, fine. But so let's say we're okay with that, which I'm not, right? But let's say we're You're okay not. with it, and that is the rule. Okay, fine, right? So then so they next time, the next, time, next time Arsenal, no, next time Arsenal <laughs> have a goal that's uh, disallowed for being on, like the goal line technology has gone. Yeah, but it was that far away from going in. We're going to say, ah, <laughs> oh, come on, VAR's gone mad. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but okay, so they ordered the retake of the penalty. Okay, so Jordan Ayew has stepped up and taken it and missed. Okay. Yeah. They've ordered a retake because there was something wrong with what the keeper did. Fine. Okay. Wrong with the rules. So you're ordering a retake. So it's a retake of the exact same situation, and yeah. they have allowed Wilfred Zaha to step up instead. Yeah, I don't agree with that. That how can that be allowed? How is that even a rule that's allowed? I didn't know that. I didn't even know that was allowed. Yeah, I don't think it is. I, but I don't think anyone's even questioned it, so it must be, unless everyone's just oblivious to it. I don't know. But how can you have Jordan Ayew step up, misses, so his confidence is like shot. He's then got to go again, which he's been given the opportunity, in my opinion, he shouldn't have had, but let's say by the yeah. rules he should have had, right? To get over that mentally, go up against at Old Trafford. I know the fans aren't there, but you're at Old Trafford. Yeah, you've got David still. De Gea in goal. To try and get over that and then score is, is, is tough. To allow right, yeah. you to change a player to someone who... I mean, it doesn't matter who it is, but in this case, it's someone who's got a point to prove at that club. Uh, he's playing yeah, of out of his does, skin yeah. in that game anyway. I, I, I just David, can't David understand Moises how daughter. you're allowed to do that. <laughs> Allegedly. Did you see Allegedly. Did you see Ever? Yeah. Have you seen yeah, that? Oh I did. My God. Yeah, I did, yeah. Allegedly. So, Allegedly. So, Allegedly. So awkward. So awkward. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so th- I just think, I don't understand how VR can get involved over being that far off the line and not get involved. It must not be a rule. But if it's not, then, then I'm sorry. It, as a United fan, if I was a United fan, I'd be fuming that somebody else was allowed to take the penalty. If it happened against Arsenal, I'd be, I'd be, yeah, really pissed off. Um, so I yeah, think that's I agree. I don't needs, agree to with be, that. needs to be had a had a look at as well. No, I'll take that. Um, Stink. I'll take that. So, say that again, sorry. I'll say I don't agree with you. I think that's shocking. I'd be, I'd be fuming as well. Mm. I would be absolutely so then, fuming. So now I'm actually going to be, I'm going to go further with this, right? So Gabriel playing for Arsenal, you know the new centre back. Yeah, he was he was brilliant again, right? He was, you know, he was man of the match in the first week apparently um, against yeah, Fulham, and I watched him. He was really good, and he was brilliant again against West Ham. Um, but he had two incidents with uh, with VR. So the, one of them was the handball one, where they deemed that hitting him like there was not handball, and everyone was going literally. If Arsenal were wearing a shorter sleeve top, <laughs> it would have been yeah. given as handball because it. So and again, I'm there as an Arsenal fan, and I'd agree. If we weren't given that, I'd be yeah. I'd be pissed off. So uh, there's just no consistency. That's what I just hate about it all. That's yeah, the main thing I hate about VAR is that you go from one week a player isn't having something given against him like a handball because it hit off of another body part, then Leeds are going to Anfield and playing out of their skin and having one given against them in the like fifth minute or whatever it was. Then you've got. 
you know, Lindelof, fair enough, it like hit him there, fine. But the Gabriels, it hit him like there, that's handball. handball. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. it, it is what it is. And you've you've said that's the rule this season, so go ahead and enforce it. And then the second yeah. one, right? Uh, Bowen, uh, Jared Bowen, quite a good player, actually. I rate yeah, him quite highly. Um, he had worked his socks off, managed to cause a bit of havoc, you know, on the Arsenal defence, <laughs> not the hardest thing to do. Yeah. Um, but Gabriel gets the wrong side of him then as Bowen is on the floor. Bowen gets up and scoops it like through the two defenders and is clean through on goal. He's just about to shoot. And as he goes like past Gabriel, Gabriel makes a really clumsy challenge and kicks him right in the calf. Bowen goes down a bit theatrically. It's go- it doesn't even go to VAR, I don't think. I think it might have gone to VAR for about five seconds, if that. They literally looked at it from like two angles. And one of the angles, you can literally see Bowen going clean through and Gabriel's just kicked him. Like kicked him in the calf really quite hard. Completely mistimed it. Really clumsy challenge. Definite penalty. And completely not, not even discussed or looked at or asked the pet referee to go and have a look at it. Nothing. And I'm there as I've an t- Arsenal fan. This is me as an Arsenal fan. I'd usually go, oh, well, I don't care. I was there yeah. watching it going, sorry, that's a penalty. How, how have we got away with that? There needs to be what they have in all other sports that use a form of VAR, whether it's tennis, cricket, American football, where the manager should be able to watch the game on a screen as well and should be able to challenge calls. Because, like you said, that one is just ridiculous. Same as like Christiansen's one. Like he's getting, how that's ever a yellow card? What ref is thinking in his, in his right mind that that's a yellow card? He's climbed on his back. He's climbed on his back. Like he what's wrong with like you? ran and jumped and yeah. <laughs> rugby tackled into the exactly. ball. Exactly. Yeah. Marnie's getting to that ball clearly before Kepa, who's, we're not going to go on that. That should have been Are we Marnie, not? But, I was going to no, say, where is your thinking? We're not going there because yeah, okay. it's too painful. The great thing was, by uh, the way, we, we make clips of this podcast and we upload them on YouTube. And uh, in one of the clips that I posted that day, just before that game, so I'd already had it scheduled to post. We'd spoken about it a week before. We were talking about the greatest football match ever, where the guy knocked the goalie got knocked out, and I said that's probably as good as having Kepper in goal. Yeah, <laughs> and then, literally, um, about an hour later. <laughs> but this thing, I don't. Why not? Why? Why can't Kepper just stay on his line for that one for a start? And well, we're not going into it. We're not going into it. Otherwise, I'll be here all night. But um, <laughs> but Marnie's getting to that ball first. So that's how anybody thinks that's a yellow card and thinks, oh, that Kepa's there to cover it. You're an idiot. Mm. Luckily, that one actually did get, not lucky for Chelsea, but mm. luckily for uh, uh, Liverpool. But like I said, it's consistency. It's just frustrating. I, I think the challenges thing is a good idea. Just so, so, so let them go and make their decision fine. Um, and yeah. they've gone ahead and done it. But then if they can watch it at the same time and just, you know, just before it carries on then, they've managed to see it from a slightly different angle, which you could clearly see. I think there was one angle they maybe didn't look at it from which isn't good enough. I'm sorry, it's not good enough. But there was one angle they didn't look at it from and that was the angle where literally you could just see Gabriel kicks him over, boots him yeah. over. <laughs> like his proper boots him over as he's about to go clean through. So I think yeah. you're right. Maybe maybe it's the challenging thing. So we've got, basically, we're writing all the wrongs in football here. We need, we've got two rules that we need passed. One, you can't change penalty kick takers after you've done a Yeah, I don't agree that, with that That's got to go through. Um, sorry, I do and agree then, with And then managers have got to be able to have the... Um, ability to challenge maybe three something like in tennis where they can challenge three or whatever it is yeah or, they, they or, can do three challenges yeah. a game or something like that um, and then once they use them up then it's up to the AR to just make their decision as they would normally anyway yeah I think that's a good idea, that's a good idea. yeah stop right, the game we, and that's we, we, yeah, we, yeah, I think we've rated all the wrongs <laughs> yeah <laughs> good True. stuff so um, then I guess the biggest story in British football this week is probably the return of Gareth Bale it's got to be up there with one of the biggest stories. What do you think, as from an Arsenal fan's point of view? What's your opinion? I'm worried. 
Um, I wasn't worried after the first game against Everton. I thought, brilliant, here we go. Here's Mourinho's, you know, he'll be 14th by December and he'll be out yeah. there. And, you know, Spurs are just, you know, all the normal Arsenal fans thing. I won't, I won't get into it. Um, but yeah, I was, I was expecting it to kind of be that sort of direction. Bale, the signing itself has sort of given the whole club a lift. Um, I think it's taken some of the pressure off of Mourinho in a weird way, because I think Mourinho is a world-class manager, right? And he's that household name. I think Harry Kane is a world-class striker, but I don't know if he's that household worldwide, as they were saying in the Amazon documentary when they have that chat to each other, where Mourinho says, you're not a superstar yet, and I can make you that. And I, But I think Gareth Bale is a superstar. So I think if things are not going right, I don't think the burden will be solely on Mourinho. I've seen a lot of things this week saying that Bale will add more pressure to Mourinho. I think in a weird way, he'll almost take some of it off when he starts playing. Because I think the Tottenham fans won't be expecting Mourinho to do something brilliant. They'll be expecting Bale to do something brilliant. Um, And then on top of that, to see the way that they performed against Southampton... I was actually going to ask you this, um, and I've got it written written here when we decided that our topic of the week was going to be uh, a bail. Um, but do you now think they have the best attack in the league? The best front three, you mean? Best, sorry, yeah, best front three in the league. I initially, I'll tell you what I did. Initially in my head, I went straight away. I went, no. And then I thought about it and I went, would I have Bale for Salah? As in prime Bale, prime Salah. It's not prime Bale though. But you don't know it's not. None of us know it's if it is or if it isn't. Yeah, that's the only thing. Is it is it prime Bale? If it is prime Bale, then yes. And if he does kick on and he does, does play well, and even if he scores 15 goals this year, in all competitions and get say 10 assists which when you think of a player that good you think that's as a minimum and that's across all competitions as well mm. but they haven't had that and if they've got that plus that's pretty more than Firmino offered to Liverpool last year and that's the front mm. three I think is probably the best um, but yeah they could be it could be the best front three it could be and especially after seeing this is what 48 hours after Son and Kane did what they did against Southampton. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, they could be the best. Game fit, but he's, he's injured for the first three weeks again. The, this is the big thing for him, is the injuries, isn't it? Because for such an athlete, and he is in that, you know, that bracket of elite oh, yeah. athlete, as in, you know, Cristiano Ronaldo level of athleticism, why does he get injured so often? It's a weird one. Yeah, if part of it does make you think mentality, to a point, is how many Ooh, of them were... Think? Well, I think... So when we said we talk about Bale, I so I saw this uh, tweet, and so Bale stats for Real Madrid, he scored more goals than Fat Ronaldo. He got more assists than Beckham. <laughs> Don't call him Fat Ronaldo. <laughs> that just more completely discredits everything he does in the game. He's not I Fat know. Ronaldo. He's Brazilian Ronaldo. I hate it when people call him that. I think it's funny. More games than Figo. <laughs> He won more trophies than Zidane, more Champions Leagues than Raul, and won four Champions Leagues in his first five years at Real Madrid. But like that's unbelievable, joke, and mm. the fans hate him. And the part of, because I think part of it is that he was always injured. He didn't he didn't live up, and he wasn't as good as Ronaldo. But you can't be you can't score as many goals as Ronaldo does if Ronaldo's in your team, because there's a finite number of goals you're going to score. And if he's scoring all of them, there's only a certain number left for everybody else at that point. Um, and I was looking back through it, he was 
he won player of the tournament for the Club World Championship, admittedly, the Club World Championship, but still. He's man of the match performance in the Champions League final. I still think the best goal in the Champions League final, hands down, that over a kick at Liverpool. Mm-hmm. And they'll hate him. If he can come back and be half the player that scored that goal against Liverpool and scored that goal against Barcelona in the Copa del Rey and scored that hat-trick in Milan against Inter Milan, if he's half that player, then, yeah, they probably they probably do have the best front three in the league. And I, and I don't think he is half. I think he will be prime bail. In my head, anyway. I think he'll be prime bail. And I think having Kane and Son, I can't think of a better partnership. He, he couldn't be happier, I, I don't think. He yeah, that's happy. the thing. And that's the that's the the thing that scares me is that a happy Gareth Bale fighting to play in those games. Like you said, maybe he wasn't fighting because it was like, you know, the motivation had maybe gone. Like you said, everyone's thinking about Ronaldo and all of that. If you're yeah. then the main man alongside Harry Kane and all of that, um, you will fight harder to play those games. And and I find it all of a sudden to me, I have gotten I was I went from being not even in the conversation, Tottenham as in not even the conversation for top six, I wasn't bothered, right? Yeah. All of a sudden, I'm now very concerned about, yeah, Champions League football and, and everything like that for Arsenal. I don't think they'll get that far, but there's there's a video that's been doing the rounds over the last couple of weeks of, it's got, who is it? It's Sergio Ramos, Modric, somebody else, and they're, I think they're on a plane, and they're all talking about what they've done at the World Cup, uh, and they're all talking in Spanish, and somebody says Gareth, and then says something in Spanish, and his resp- and it's something about the World Cup, and his response is, "Sorry, I don't have a clue what you're talking about." So they're they're, look- they're all laughing and joking, and he stood there looking like a lemon, and he's like, "I don't know what you're talking about." If if you, if I'm putting myself in that team scenario, where he probably just didn't like get as involved as others may have done, maybe he got thrown under the bus a bit for that. But mm. if he's now going to join this team, where there's another Welshman in the team as well, Ben Davis. He's already pretty Living much in a, a legend, pretty much. Yeah, he's come, as, it's as the whole like, coming home go. thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it could be scary. He could be, he could be good. He could be really, really good. It's just if they can keep him fit. Mm. And if it takes, and that's the other thing as well that makes it even scarier, is that's one more defender that's now not going to have to be on Harry Kane or not going to be on Son. So if you're playing against the back four and three of them are taken up with those three, it's like somebody's, they can't double mark all of them. So no. there's there's going to be even for a Mourinho team you think that's got goals written all over it. Mm. So with Bale coming in, then what does this mean for Deli Ali? So well, it looks like he's gone, doesn't it? What's if happened any, if, to him? If they can get anybody to sign him, I so I said this when he first came through is he was going to be the next Jack Wilshire because that goal against Crystal Palace was just one of the best things I've ever seen. We chest it up. That was just unbelievable. Okay. But it was like, when you watched him, he didn't, I don't know, he looked effective, but not that good. Do you know what I mean? Like, it never looked like he was, he was always like right place, right time kind of thing because of where he was playing. And it, it never felt like he was going to be a Gerard or a Lampard. It never felt like that. Although the stats kind of said he might be. I just never felt he was that good. I disagree. I think his first two seasons... I think he had his head down and he was focused on making it. Um, and then I feel like he made it. And since then, I happen to be from his sort of area. Um, yeah. And my mate who is the scout 
uh, is still lives in Milton Keynes, where Deli Ali is from. Um, and he knows people and we know people who know people who know him, yeah. <laughs> which is like the worst claim to fame ever. Yeah, um, course, but they they have all said that he has just turned into a massive party animal. Like oh, really? 3, 8, 3, 4 a.m. before the day before games. Um, oh. And it, it basically just went from that I'm head down trying to become a world-class player to you're kind of on the cusp of it. Like, keep going, mate. You're really nearly there and you're impressing everyone yeah. here, like, including us as Arsenal fans. We're all there like, why the hell didn't we sign Deli Ali? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, even though we'd never admit it. Um, and then the last two, two years? Yeah, probably the last two years maybe even a little bit longer. It, it's just been yeah, like nothing has happened. And you're right, it's like the Jack Wilshere thing. And obviously yeah. Jack Wilshere's was, was inju- injuries and everything like that. But I would say that the thing that made Deli Ali better was that Jack Wilshere was nicer to look at on the ball. The ones who look the best on the ball don't actually make it. It's the ones who get the numbers up. It's the ones who are the most efficient, the ones who are most effective. Kind of like Havertz, although... I don't want to get onto that conversation, but I have something to ask you about. It's that too well. early, it's too early. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of um, it's like Mason Mount, isn't it? Mason Mount looks fantastic, but doesn't really do much. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And then all of the players, like Alex Awobi, if I was to put a, a compilation together of Alex Awobi on the ball in tight spaces, you'd be going, but he always a good player. Yeah. Does he actually provide anything in the final third? Yeah, it's goals and assists, isn't it? If, if you're not exactly, assistant. exactly. Um, so yeah, I'd, I hope that Deli Ali can go. And I, I mean, there's so many rumors about him signing, but he won't sign for Real Madrid apparently. Which I never thought he would. Why would Real Madrid sign a player who hasn't? No, for fact, I've heard that Why Zidane said he doesn't want to sign him. No, why? So apparently they played, they played Real Madrid a few years ago, and Deli Ali scored two mm. <clears throat> uh, scrappy goals, and then a third one was put on a plate for him, and he didn't score it. And he came out in the press conference afterwards, and rather being like. Um, very humble about it. He went, I can't believe he didn't score a hat trick. And Zidane was like, Well, you didn't really play that well, I don't think. You just scored two scrappy goals. So I don't think you really deserved a hat trick. And he was and he was kind of coming in being like, Look at me, I scored two, I should have scored three. Um sort of giving it the big I am. And so Zidane's gone, No, I don't fancy any of that. Kind I, of I am wondering why why Mourinho has given up on him though so quickly. Cause he was good he had he had the Mourinho bounce, didn't he? He, he did have great the Mourinho when he, first he ago, looked yeah. like one of those, you know, Mourinho's uh, sort of perfect player. He, yeah, he usually comes in. Mourinho usually goes into players and has finds about four or five who are his players, and yeah. they stay in no matter what. And that's kind of seems what like, Ali looked like. It seems like Eric Dyer is, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He'll fit him in anywhere: centre mid, yeah. centre back, left back, Hilarious. goalkeeper. Um, but there was a, but yeah, there was a so, big one from sorry to cut you off, but from the yeah. All or Nothing documentary where it's after a game. And Deli Ali's kicking off, and Eric Dyer says, "Deli, all you do is just complain. Like oh, it's never your fault. It's always you just come in and complain about everybody playing terribly. Like mm. go on, give us an actual reason. Give us some feedback here of who you think did badly and where we could have improved." And mm. He's like, "Oh, it's the same every game. We're always doing this, this, this." He's like, "Yeah, well, tell us. Give us some like pointers then. If you're you're so amazing, just like mm. tell us what's wrong." So it seems like everything that's been portrayed in that documentary as well, which I know is a bit of a propaganda film to a mm. point he did seem to like throw his toys out the pram quite a bit um so maybe it is one of those that the sort of the fame and the adulation got to him and he thought he was a bit better than he was and has taken the foot off the gas and like being called lazy in training and and that's the thing in the, in the premier league like you you can't get to that level like de bruyne is no. not at that level de bruyne doesn't take his foot off the gas de bruyne no. is you know he trained probably the hardest, hardest trainer at man city 
and you go, that's the level you have to be at. You can come in and sort of be in and out. I, I kind of feel a bit weirdly, I kind of feel like James Madison is at a similar point. It could go either way now. You've come in, yeah. you've done well, you've had a good season in the Prem. You're and now on the cusp of being now, signed a big contract. You're now on the cusp of being cusp of being linked with the big teams. Yeah, where you go and actually have to do it week in, week out. Uh, yeah. What way are you going to go with it? We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I feel like Jack Wilshire's Jack Wilshire. Uh, Jack Grealish has kind of got that out of his system because he had that party boy reputation early on. He went down and played a season of the championship, getting kicked to hell, got them promoted, and now has set himself up as club captain, club legend, signed that big deal. He seems like he's grown up. You couldn't, other, have, you couldn't ones... have hit that more spot on if you tried. Because he, Grealish now, Ali and Madison still look like boys. Grealish yeah, looks like a man. man. He's a yeah, man with now. calves he that is... size. <laughs> Best calves <laughs> in the Premier League. <laughs> well, I don't know, Shakiri might have something to say. Uh, true, it doesn't really play, let's be careful. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Um, but yeah, I, I think you've hit that nail on the head. I almost feel like, not that, you know, and I don't think Deli Ali would go down to the Championship or anything like that, but he almost yeah. needed to be in that environment. If he'd have joined like a Bournemouth and had two incredible seasons and then gone down, like David Brooks has, which I do yeah. expect to come back up and be an incredible player in the Premier League. I think oh, yeah, definitely, buzz. yeah. So I feel like he could have done with that a little bit earlier. I feel like maybe Poch, you know, maybe mollycoddled him a bit too much. Yeah, because um, maybe he had it too easy at MK Don as well, because they played good football as well, didn't they? He never, and Carl Robinson, he, yeah. For yeah, sure. they played good football. So he's always kind of been the the guy because he he sort of broke into their team and it was everyone kind of knew the name pretty early on. He's never had that sort of grounding moment that Grealish had when he went down and that he yeah. should have gone to Spurs for 30 million and it was it was a done deal and then for whatever reason somebody pulled out at the last minute mm. and there's two ways of doing that there's the Sado Berahino route and then there's the Jack Grealish route which is get your head down and just prove people wrong and become a better player and now mm. if anybody wants to sign him they're going to have to pay 60 to 80 million for him 100% and he's going yeah. you thought I was worth 30 now let me show you what I'm worth um, which Hopefully James Madison doesn't do, but it does seem like Deli Ali's maybe the fame's got to him a bit. Well, hopefully he can he can bring because he is such like you said that goal against Crystal Palace and not even just that, but his overall play. I I used to watch him and and he's the bully teams, team. he? and yeah. It, and yeah, as an Arsenal fan again, you hate saying it, and I, ha- I can't stand that I have to say it. And you as a Chelsea fan as well, we watched it and you'd go, oh, God, he's good. <laughs> God, he's he is bloody good. He's yeah. horrible. I, but good, I still you know? always felt that it was going to fall off. I don't know what it was. Well, I mean, you're, proving, you're was... being proven right at the moment. Yeah, it did seem as though it was going to go. It was going to fall off. Um, and I don't know what it was, but when I met Spurs fan, and we've, I've always said it that he's he was never going to be what everybody was saying he was going to be. I think he got he got the the Wayne Rooney, he got the Jack Wilshere, didn't he? It was look at the stats. He's ahead of Gerrard. He's ahead of Lampard. He's this amazing player. He's scoring these incredible goals, and it's like mm-hmm. wow, pump the brakes a bit. Come on. He was never going to be that good, I don't think. Mm. Um, and maybe he just believed his own smoke a bit too much. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Right, so I, I apparently, I believe, you have a, a story for us. I do, and it's my favourite football story. And people oh, may okay. have heard of it before. Um, but it's, it's, so it's from the early 90s, so 1996. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in 1996, Graham Sunas, the then Galatasaray manager... Uh, has got Galatasaray to the um, Turkish Division FA Cup, so the Turkish Cup final. And they're playing Fenerbahce in Fenerbahce Stadium. Uh, and at the start of the season, because Graeme Sunas had had heart surgery, the Fenerbahce 
um, director or the main man at Fenerbahce had said, I'm not worried about Galatasaray because they've signed a cripple. So Graham Sunis has gone into the game against the biggest rivals possible. The game is got to 90 minutes and it's one all. It goes to extra time. Um, after extra time, it's one all. Mm-hmm. Because it's a two-legged affair, Galatasaray win 2-1 on aggregate. So Graham Sunis has just won the, the uh, Turkish Cup final and he's celebrating the corner with the away fans, a small group of them. And one of them shoves over a flag that might be 10 foot tall, a Galatasaray flag. Right. So Graham Sunis picks this flag up whilst his team are going to collect the trophy, obviously because the players do it and the manager doesn't, runs to the centre circle and stabs the biggest Galatasaray flag he can possibly get in the middle of the Fenerbahce pitch <laughs> and just stares out the director who calls him a cripple. And in his, in, in his head, all he can think is... Um, where is it here? They get the quote. Um, so it's the vice, vice, it was the vice president, Galata, uh, Fenerbahce, um, called him a, a cripple. Uh, so he's just looked at him the whole time and has gone, now who's a cripple? Um, I'll, no, that's it. I'll show you who's a cripple. And it just stabbed <laughs> this massive Galatasaray flag in the middle of the Fenerbahce pitch <laughs> and just ran off. That's incredible. Um, he's gone back to the changing rooms and he's saying, he's thinking into his head, I've screwed it all up here. I'm going to get I'm getting sacked straight away um, because the what have I done? So you sit in the dressing room afterwards thinking, that's me, I'll be finished. I'll have a plane ticket given to me tomorrow and I'll be off. Mm. The entire Galatasaray board came into the dressing room 10 minutes later, tears in their eyes, saying it's the greatest thing that's ever happened to the football club. <laughs> and Graham Sunis is quoted as saying, I've never kissed so many moustached men in my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> and and ever since Graham Sunis has gone down as a Galatasaray legend and for a Champions League game in 2014 in tribute to Graham Sunis and the success I don't know if you could see it but they've put this in the stands of just a vision of Graham Sunis stabbing a flag that's in the middle incredible. of the pitch that's like 50 foot high so he's like he's like proper proper cult hero cult they hero absolutely yeah absolutely love him well to be fair I mean for those who don't sort of follow the Turkish football that much the, the Galatasaray Fenerbahce rivalry is one of the fiercest in the world like we're talking South American fierce yeah hatred hatred will kill each other quite happily in it on a game day without police presence there and he's gone in there the biggest Galatasaray <laughs> fan just beating them in their home club at the FA Cup final equivalent stabbed it in and gone now he's a cripple <laughs> that's so good the what minerals are Graham Sunis and you've got what and you've got to be story. sitting here thinking what's Pogba got to do what's Pogba got to say about it <laughs> what would Pogba do would Pogba would do Pogba that, that, that situation? <laughs> yeah would Pogba do it in the air Pogba would have gone into the middle and just done a dance and then yeah <laughs> so yeah brilliant. story of the week is Graham Sunis being an absolute savage in, that's uh, a fantastic in story Fantastic story. Um, right, so actually this week we've got a completely new uh, segment, um, something that we've never had be- before, um, and it's because we didn't really have that many listeners before, and we still don't. Um, but we actually have a listener question. Um, so we did say this last week at the end of the episode, if you want to get in touch with us with any questions or anything like that, um, you can email us or get in contact with us on social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, um, YouTube, you can leave a comment and we'll read through. Um 
And yeah, we're happy to talk about anything you ask us to talk about, basically, on the podcast. Um, so a man named Lewis from Cardiff has got in touch, uh, and he actually has a question for you, Tom. Um, he has asked me to ask you this. Uh, honest thoughts, how many Chelsea players would get into the Liverpool lineup? Okay, we'll go th- if we go through one to eleven. Effectively, okay. Now, I'll go Kepperingal, <laughs> no, um, <laughs> Kepper, Reese, James, Zuma, Rudiger. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, I'll go. Yeah, it's got to be Allison, isn't it? Arguing. <laughs> well, the well, yes, of course it yeah, fucking does. Uh, <laughs> so. Uh, could we Ben Mendy? Go Mendy, Cavier. Uh, no, so go Allison, Allison centre half. Sorry, Allison centre half. Uh, Allison in goal. Uh, you can tell I know where this is going already, can't you? Yeah. So I go Allison in goal. It's got to be. Tr- I get too much stick if I don't put Trent right back. I was going to say, don't even start. I get too much. I get too much stick for it. Uh, I'd go Van Dijk, Thiago Silva, Andy Robertson. Hang on. Thiago Silva, who hasn't even played a game for Chelsea yet. By pick him over Joe Gomez. And, Joe and, and hang on, Aubameyang was past his prime at 31, and Thiago Silva is like 35, is he not? Yeah, but I'm, yeah, but I'm, not, I'm comparing Aubameyang to Lewandowski. I'm comparing Thiago Silva to Joe Gomez here. I'd rather All Thiago right. Silva than All right, okay, okay. This is, your, this is your answer. You do Exactly, you exactly. <laughs> Um, both teams stereotypically play a four-three-three, so we'll stick with that as a formation. And a midfield three. It's oh, annoying because Thiago's just joined. Why did he dash this last week? Um, <laughs> you've got to go Kante, I think. Still, I still think you've got to have Kante. What, in what there. has Kante done in the last two seasons? Yeah, he's been playing out of position. Yeah, so I it's okay, still fine. first, yeah. And he's won more World Cups than the whole Liverpool squad. So, so, so uh, as Mustafi, Mustafi has won more World Cups than I think the entire yeah. Chelsea squad. That was too long ago. Um, <laughs> so I'm going. I have my midfield three of though of what what is available. Mm. Honestly, if I was picking it, would be Thiago Kante. And based on the way Liverpool play, and Liverpool don't really have a number ten style player, do they? I don't mm. think. No. So it's then who do you pick alongside those two? And I'm genuinely going to go for Mateo Kovacic. It's your answer. It's your yeah, answer. I, Co- don't get me wrong. Kovacic is a phenomenal player to watch. Yeah, he was I our player. He was our best player last year. He maybe didn't. So look you were like saying it, out of a midfield three, right? A Liverpool. So let's say a midfield three where Liverpool, who won the league last season. And were how many points ahead of you at the end of the season? Yeah. How many? Like 30? 30, yeah. Yeah, right. They have a midfielder who won player of the year. Yeah, that's a joke though, isn't it? I don't think so. Not at all. Completely you thought deserved. De Bruyne was worse than Henderson last year? Different positions, different players. I thought Henderson no, player, was as... Player, player, player of the season is yeah. all positions. So you generally yeah, yeah, think fine. Henderson... I thought Henderson. De Bruyne last year. I thought Henderson was as good a position as he plays in as De Bruyne was position he plays in. Yeah, but who was a better player last year? 
for me, <laughs> for my style, yeah. De Bruyne. But who was yeah. who do I think deserve? I think I can't argue. I don't think it was far off. I don't think it was a million miles away. I th- I think Henderson and Henderson I, I won, won stuff. Yeah, but you. I think you could. This is the thing with us. That's a different argument. I think if Henderson doesn't play, from what I heard, Andy Robertson came out with something this week that his stuff in the dressing room and the mentality and all that kind of stuff was what made him made help them in the league. But I don't think he's the best footballer in that team, personally. But I'm because I think I'm replacing Thiago with him probably. Because I think he, if he's going to play quarterback and sort of spray the boy, ball around, I've got Thiago as my passer, I've got Kanti as my grit, and I've got Kovacic for transitions. And I don't think I can understand. Transi- I, can understand I don't think there's a better transitioner of the play out of all the midfielders that are there. The only one I'd say who comes close for what, for what I'm looking for that player to do would be Naby Keita, and I don't think he's as good as Kovacic. So that's why I've got each of those doing their various positions, mm-hmm. and then a front three. Of Mane, Salah, and Werner, I think. I think Werner's a better player than Firmino. Well, he's not a better. Sorry. I'd Did you rather see have that Werner miss? as my number nine. No, but I'd r- still rather Werner as my number nine because have you seen how many goals? I know what Firmino does is different, and he's that like defensive number nine or whatever they call him, and he's a wonderful footballer to watch. His touch, his skills are incredible. But I'd still pick Werner. What's your so, thoughts on yeah. the German imports then? Well, I'm because... going to firstly just, just cover off my 11 again. Okay, go on. Yeah, yeah. Just for on. Lewis's benefit. So we've got Alisson, Trent, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Virg van Dijk, Thiago Silva, Robertson, Thiago, Kante, Kovacic, Salah, Mane, and Werner. So okay, my, my one, argument. Two, four. Would I've got be... four Chelsea players out of 11. My argument would be none. None okay. at all. None at all. Liverpool are a far superior team to Chelsea. And to say that 30%, just over, no, yeah, just over 30% of their lineup could be switched with a Chelsea player. I just don't I think see it's, it at all. I think it's, it's the Tony Pulis thing. <laughs> <laughs> the crap well, players what? in an they're, incredible they're, they're, system. They're great players in a great system. <laughs> Yeah, That's but I think I think I I think Kovacic would look as good as Wijnaldum. I think Kante would look as good as Fabinho in the system. Um, and let's be honest, I think their weakest position is probably a second centre half. Uh, so I think I'd go Thiago Silva. I think he's probably our best centre back now. I'll, I'll see how good he is, mm. but looking at what he's done in his career, um, and I just think Werner's going to be Werner's going to score more goals than Fabinho is. Right, Lewis, just, if right. you if you're listening, can you? And I know you will listen. Hopefully. Um, can you let us know your counter to that? Because I'm going to go with none. I think that's a ridiculous answer. I don't even know how you can say that any of the Chelsea players would fit into that Liverpool team. Um, yeah. So obviously, as a Chelsea fan, Tom thinks four out of eleven would. Uh, all my cameras just ran out, but that's fine. There we I'll, go. Uh, He's gone. I'll, put, I'll put the I'll put the picture over. It's fine. Um, so yeah, let let us know, uh, Lewis, what your counter to that is. And uh, and yeah, good stuff. Um, so are you saying that German imports? Sorry, German imports. Yeah. So uh, annoyingly, you fell asleep. During the game, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> I went. I went for. A, I went for a big. I went for a big Sunday lunch, and I wanted to go to the pub and watch it. But uh, we came home to watch it, and I sat down, and then uh, four o'clock sat here. down, and yeah, woke up at half a state in the evening. So didn't really catch much of the Liverpool Chelsea game. Have you watched enough. any of the the highlights? I've, yeah, I've watched highlights. I've watched quite extended highlights back. Um, yeah. Seen all the incidents. Um, 
and <clears throat> I don't think Havertz should be starting. That's but, a big change. Yeah, I don't think he should be starting at the moment. I think it's well. Except when when I said up my ideal teams at the start of the season, it was assuming they'd all blend together and they'd all yeah yeah, yeah play. Um, and that's going to take time. And bearing in mind that we're currently without. Okay, we play Kovacic, but we were without Pulisic, we're without Ziyech, we're without Chilwell, without Thiago Silva. We're we're a few players down. We're without whoever our goalkeeper's going to be. It looks like it's going to be Mendy now. Mm. I I think he's just being thrown around a bit at the moment. Like he played right wing against Brighton, didn't look great. Played centre forward for parts of the Liverpool game. It's like yeah. it just doesn't make sense. He's going to be on his own up there. Uh, I think he's going to he's. He's going to take a while to to warm up to it, and apparently a lot of the German journalists are saying the same thing. He's going to take does, a while. It does worry me that, and again, like you said, there's so many players where I watched the first five games and gone, he's a flop, and then you know they've gone on to have incredible careers. Um, yeah, but the basics seem to be lacking: the control, the touch, the pass. I I think regardless of understanding your teammates, I think those basics are still there. Or no, I think, I think I'm looking at the other way. I'm looking at the fact he's 20 and moved to a new country and probably barely speaks English. Um, mm. So I'm going on the it's nerves because, like, we've all done it where you, if you're confident and you're playing football and you just bang him in the top corner every time you go and every time you step up, I look amazing. But I don't have the mentality to be to do anything because I just crap myself <laughs> uh, yeah no you, that is i do get what you mean actually to be fair yeah but i would have so, thought that once you're a professional it doesn't really matter do you remember your what you were doing when you were 20 years old i think i think that gets <laughs> i guess i think that gets i don't want to know what you're up to when you're 20 years old, <laughs> but i think that gets forgotten a lot of the time i think i um, met you when i was 20 years old. yeah <laughs> big, well big exactly i know i know what you're like um but so as an example there's something i wanted to bring up actually that it's kind of going the whole like get a bit emotional on it, but um, Jordan Ibe. Mm. So Jordan Ibe has um, come out obviously after he. So he's just moved to Derby. Yeah, free transfer. Um, yeah, so one day ago he's on his Instagram. I saw it today on Facebook, but on Instagram he's gone. This is what his quote was yesterday. I lost my passion for the game and love due to due to mistakes that were made and also suffering from depression. My family have been strong for me and I think and I thank each and every one of my family, but most importantly, my motivation for climbing out of the darkness and into the light has been my daughter, who I love dearly and care for so much. And it makes you think that big money move and all the crap he gets. Imagine being twenty and you've now the club record. You have to deal with that, yeah. yeah. It's it's a lot. It's a lot, so I don't. He should. I don't necessarily think he should be starting at the moment. It's. Do you think it should be like his a, best position? Do you think it should be like a Klopp where he signs players for big yes. money and then literally leaves them on the bench for six months? Six months. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like Fabinho. Fabinho didn't play for the first six months. No, no. Now he was being he was being linked with like a ten million pound move to like Inter. And now and look, he's like, class. Yeah, he is. Yeah, and, and Nabi, he, he Nabi did Kata. it with um, Nabi Keita. He also did it at Borussia with um, Gundogan. Uh, yeah, he didn't play him got, for about six months. He needs to get used to the system. He'd been in the country five days and he's already starting games in a, out of position against players he's never even trained with, really. I think you need to, he needs to be bedded into a system. I think it would have worked different if we'd have had Pulisic and Ziyech fit. I don't think he would have started. Um, so I think Werner looks dangerous. 
But yeah, Havertz, he does. I think needs. I think Havertz needs a bit of time. But Vila looks, looks dangerous, but but he does look blunt. His finishing was poor. Very poor. He scored. He's too, he scored too many goals to have to be. Yeah, he's had he had a couple of chances, but he, he didn't really have any chances cut, against Brighton. Yeah. Well, I, I didn't watch the Brighton game, but he, yeah, he, did he, had, only, he only had one shot. He had one shot against Brighton, really. Of oh, did he? One okay. shot, and, yeah, that was a good effort. But I, uh, yeah, I think Werner's going to score goals. You can tell that straight away. Yeah, I agree. He gets into I too agree. many good positions. It's he just looks too good, and he looks confident as well. I think mm. um, he like he believes he's worth the money that they paid for him. That he doesn't mind being the number nine. Where Havertz does seem a little bit more in his shell. Mm. So I think, frankly, he's put his arm around him and. Just be sure to make sure he's all right. Yeah, yeah. I, I, um, I think I think, I think he'll come out of the show. I think he's one of those ones where we spoke about it before. Where I said the thing I don't get about Havertz is that when I watch him, I think you're not a footballer. You're not a footballer. You're not a footballer. Wow, what a goal! Yeah. <laughs> so it's that he doesn't look like he's going to be a footballer. So it's hard sometimes to maybe give him that. For example, if you're watching Thiago and he has a bad game, which you know he did give away a penalty, but you know. It, it was kind of touch and go as to whether that should have even been a penalty to be yeah. um, Again, going back to the whole VAR thing. Um, but you watch Thiago, and even if he has a bad game, he looks good. <laughs> he looks like yeah. a very good player, right? Havertz, I'm wondering whether he'll be given that luxury by fans who didn't follow him that much in the Bundesliga. Because if you followed him in the Bundesliga, you know he's effective. If you didn't follow him, you're watching him and you're going, you don't look that great now. No, he looks. He looks like we've paid way too much for him at the moment. Mm. Uh, and then, but then it goes back to kind of what we're saying about Mason Mount, players like that. Like he looks good, but what do you actually do? Uh, my worry, my worry is that it's something I said at the our first episode is that he's a luxury purchase. We don't need mm. him. Mm. We don't need him, and he was arguably generational talent. So why wouldn't you buy him if he's available? Mm. Um, and you kind of figure it out afterwards because he can sort of play everywhere. Uh, so I think it's maybe once Pulisic and Ziyech are back and we can actually play a, maybe a 4-2-3-1 mm. rather than a 4-3-3 and all Havertz plays is more like a the point of a, of a three in midfield. Mm. Until we get to that stage, I think that's going to be his best position for us. Um, play, playing him out wide, wide and playing him up top. I know he played up top for Leverkusen, but come on, it's be playing in the German league. Um <clears throat> So it's not as impressive. So I, um, yeah, I think I think they've they looked all right, but I think Havertz going to need a lot of time. Yeah, I, I think I think he'll get there. I think he needs to understand. I don't. I almost think that's probably the reason that he's been brought is because he can play so many different positions. Blah blah blah. Yeah. I always think once you come to the world class level, you've got to find your position. There's so many players who can who are good footballers, and it almost ruins their career in a weird way. They get a lot of games but they don't ever reach stardom because they've been allowed to be that utility player. Um, so I think if he can find his best position in the Premier League, which I think he's got all the basic attributes, he's strong, he's tall, he's physical, he's athletic, he has got fantastic and efficient ability, as in he will score yeah. goals, he will produce assists. I think once he can find well. his... Yeah, deceptively quick. I think he, he will make it. I think it's he's just going to need... I did. It's like I said to you about Saliba when we were doing our 11s that never got... I don't, yeah. Did they get released? They did, yeah. I, I yeah, said, I um, I said um, he won't be big for Arsenal this season. And all Arsenal fans were expecting him to start every single game so far. He hasn't started one. He's been in the under-23s the entire time. Not because he's not yeah. a good player. He is a good player, but he's 19, right? So give him time and let him bed yeah. in. So I, no, I, I think it would be the same thing with Havertz. 
Yeah, and I think once we've... The problem is, at the moment, and to be honest, if I was Callum Hudson and Doyle, I'd be absolutely fuming um, at the lack of game time he's got at the start of the season because this is the time he's going to get the most game time of the season is Pulisic and Zierk. Pulisic and Zierk, yeah. So, I, if they're just sort of chucking him in there to play when Callum Hudson or Doyle, that's his position. Mm. He, he plays on the wing just as you play him. Uh, yeah, I'd be pretty pretty frustrated. Um, mm. I wonder what's going to happen with him now. Today. To be fair, actually, I have heard, weirdly, now that you've said that, I have heard a lot of reports of Arsenal and Chelsea, no names named, but Arsenal and Chelsea are um, in talks for a swap deal involving a Chelsea homegrown talent. I've read a lot of, I've heard a lot of noise. <laughs> yeah, well, this is what I was thinking. It's either Ross Barkley or could it then potentially be Hudson Adoy? Um, yeah, the problem is I can't see people paying his wages. I can see Arsenal paying his wage. <laughs> yeah. But there's rumours, apparently there's rumours that Bayern Munich are still after him. So there's something that he's clearly not bringing to the Chelsea team or whether whatever it is. Lampard doesn't like the look of him for some reason. I don't know what it is, but there's something there's something going on there. Because is it, it doesn't he's make not sense. As efficient going forward? Is he like It just doesn't make sense. As Why a Chelsea fan, though, when you when you watch him again, I watched him as a seventeen-year-old in a preseason game yeah. against Arsenal, and it was the most impressed I've. And I said it to you at the time. You're yeah. very texture, and I, I said it's the most impressed yeah. I've been with a seventeen-year-old. It was Community since. Shield, wasn't it? No, no, no. It was a, it was in Dublin in the Aviva. It was like a it was like a preseason. Oh yeah, yeah, but it was still yeah, it was still Arsenal's season. like first um, first team. Um, yeah. and it was the most impressed I've been watching a 17-year-old since I saw Messi as a 16-year-old. Yeah, it was like, so wow, you're ridiculous. It was like, oh my God, you're like incredible. He, No one got close to him. No one got even. No. And I know it's pre-season and fine, that's maybe what it was. But as a Chelsea fan then, what is it like watching him? Before he had the injury, it was, a, it was brilliant. He was playing in the Europa League and it was like, he's going to do the Harry Kane thing where he's Scoring goals, getting assists in the Europa League, and then we'll give him, we'll give him the main game. But then he busted his leg open, so uh, I don't know if he's still recovering from that because it is such a big injury um, that maybe he's still not one hundred percent comfortable. He still looks good. He still looks good on the ball. He just doesn't look as dangerous. He looks like he's cautious because he's, he looks like he's too scared to make a mistake. He's he's going for the safe pass a lot of the time. Mm. When is there was that bit to all? I think it was two years ago now. Yeah, it would have been two years ago, where he was getting the ball. And he was just ripping through teams. I know we played. We played Forest in the FA Cup, and he's I think he scored two. Or he scored and got an assist, and it was like, wow, oh, God, you look good. You look really, he was, really. He good. was so direct. That was what was so great. Yeah, about like kind of like our Adama Traore. Yeah, um, almost. But I would uh, say that he had bit more skill. Na- he had more natural end product. And yeah, more better footballing ability. So I, yeah. d- I don't know what's going on with him. I really don't. And it'd be a shame if we let him go because we paid so much to keep him. Mm. And he, he put so much faith in he is Chelsea through and through. So mm. I don't know what it is. I know he had the whole thing in lockdown of having a girl round and there was the domestic abuse accusations. Yes, yeah, yeah. So Maybe that's still uh, weighing on his mind. You never know. Yeah, so it turns out that they were, well, you don't know what's happened behind the scenes. He's paid who off, maybe. Mm. But uh, that all got brushed away. But then he's got... I mean, he's ha- still having girls over his house in lockdown when he shouldn't be. And mm. so it's, it's... Maybe he's too much of the party side is of he, things as Is well. he doing a Deli Alley? A little, yeah, bit old, exactly, a, bit, yeah. a little bit earlier, but when he hasn't quite made a name for himself yet. Well, maybe he has. Maybe because he put the potential in so much and then the, the big contract came. 
is he doing a week by the way i love the way i'm calling it a deli alley i I have no confirmation that that is what has happened to deli alley whatsoever (laughs) other than we have no confirmation this is what's happening to hudson and i know exactly we're just we're just diligent professional we just don't know yeah exactly he could be trying his utmost and he's just not making it but who knows it does it does feel like something has changed and i think that's why the deli alley thing is so believable as well is because you can see from the outside that something has changed and it seems the same yeah what is it so yeah exactly yeah and it's, i think the start of the season the fact he's not getting much game time is strange yeah but yeah because politics back this weekend apparently touch wood so yes yeah, it's, it's interesting it is interesting i wouldn't be surprised if we maybe give him a loan season somewhere mm. just give him a, to get him in the premier league maybe a i don't know play on the right wing at palace yeah, everyone goes. Everyone, everyone goes to Palace. Palace yeah, everyone well, to be fair, to Palace, it looks yeah. like they they might be losing Zaha to Arsenal. Actually, I heard that a lot of rumours. Oh, week. again. Uh, yeah, again. Yeah, but it, it seems to be a lot more concrete this time. But we'll see. Um, but if they yeah. do, yeah, I, I don't think that would be a bad move at all. That that loan signing. Um, no, I think but, yeah. he needs maybe he just needs that. He's an arm around him. Tell him yeah. he's good enough. And yeah, exactly. Um, well, actually, speaking of um of Chelsea flops, um, <laughs> nice little transition yeah. again. Uh, we're now going to move on to our segment that we started last week, which is underrated or overrated. Um, so I'm just going to tell you, I'm not going to tell you what I've decided for this player, okay? I'm just going to tell you some stats, okay? I'll you tell, tell you me the, who it is first? I'll tell you, yes, I will, yes, I will, right, okay. Um, actually, no, I'll tell you what, I won't. <laughs> I'm going to just tell oh, you some, some stats, all right? So this player is 27 years old, Okay. He has amassed 220 million in transfer fees. Yeah. He has 17 goals in 33 games for Spain. Yeah. And 74 games, goals, sorry, in 222 games in club football. Who am I talking about? Alvaro Morata, surely. You are spot on, good sir. Yes. Absolutely spot on. I tell you what, that's another good segment, actually. You just say stats and then you have to guess who the player is. Yeah, it's like <laughs> we do a Wikipedia page, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I'll tell you what, let's bring that in next time. We'll bring that yeah. in. It's another, another game. Okay, so what do you think my my thoughts on him are? Overrated or underrated? Um, I don't think anybody thinks he's any good, but I don't keep. I don't understand how he keeps getting moves. I just don't. I don't see where it's where it's coming from because he wasn't good for us. He didn't score that many for uh, Juventus first time round, uh, and we signed him for sixty odd million. Then Atletico Madrid bought him back for sixty odd million, and you're like, how? What? Why mm-hmm. has that happened? Mm-hmm. And now Juventus is about to sign him for another forty bomb, forty odd million. Well, actually, nine today. nine million plus forty million at the yeah, end. Yeah, nine million loan deal first. Yeah, isn't it? so fifty million. Uh, yeah, so I don't really because, like you said, he hasn't really set the world on fire anywhere. But he's gone from Real Madrid to Juventus, back to Real Madrid to Chelsea to Atletico Madrid mm-hmm. to Juventus, and it's like if you were to just say that, you're like, whoa. Exactly. How plus have you done in, that in two hundred twenty million worth of transfer fees as well? Yeah. So, what do you think I'm coming down on the side of? Underrated. Got, you're going to say you're going to say he's overrated, but I don't know anybody who thinks he's any good. I actually don't know what my answer is. <laughs> I was okay. I was leaning towards underrated. I just think he's such a fascinating player. After I saw it in the news today, I was like, we've got to just talk about him, and he's got to be in this. I actually think he's underrated. You didn't, you didn't watch him much at Chelsea then, no. I did, and I remember me and you texting each other to say. 
he is the best number nine in world football yeah. right now. Embarrassingly so. We said that. Yeah, I remember <laughs> you that. did. You texted me and, we, and I agreed with you. We agreed, yeah. He looked great. We scored, he's, he, he scored six games in a row at the start of the season or something. Yeah, and he scored... He scored a hat trick against Stoke, in, in, so he did it. He did it on a cold, rainy day at Stoke, uh, yeah. including a great individual goal. He has got one goal in two games for Spain, and overall has one goal in three games in all club football. How is that not? Yeah. A... Is one goal in three games? One goal every three games in the current climate good enough to be a number nine for a top, top, top team? If you're not. Because I don't see, I don't, I never really noticed his link-up play being amazing, like Benzema is, or Giroud, or like Giroud is. Yeah, he doesn't, see, he doesn't come across as that kind of player. So if did you gonna... did you see that goal that he, that Juventus scored against Bayern in the Champions League a few seasons ago when he pretty much ran the entire length of the pitch and then put it on a plate for Quadrado? What's his name? Quadrado. Ah, uh, Quadrado, another Quadrado, Chelsea that's the one, yeah. And uh, and he finished at top corner. So he does, he does have pretty decent link-up play. One goal every three games. That's not. That's not horrendous. What I, this not is the thing, enough, right? Though, this that's is like, why. Yeah, that's, like, yeah, but that's like scoring twelve goals in a Premier League season. Yeah, but this is why, right? This is why I actually don't know which side of this I fall down on. Because if I'm looking at just stats and the stick he gets for his, you know, footballing ability in general, I'd look at his stats and I go, "Oh, hang on, I think he's a little bit underrated here." If you then compare that to the transfer fees and the clubs he's played for you go, I think he's a little bit overrated. So I almost think they balance each other out and I don't know. No, I think that's the point. I think that's the point. I think that's the point is that if he was scoring a goal every three games playing for Stoke, then fair enough. But he is playing for teams challenging for the league when you should be as a striker be getting as many opportunities as possible. Mm. So you 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 should be scoring more. As a centre forward, you're there to score the goals, which is probably wasn't good enough at Chelsea. He didn't score enough goals, which is why we let him go at the end of the day. I think the other thing on the side of it, weird. Look, there's two angles to it. Why are all these teams buying him? This is the other thing I was going to say. There's a reason everybody's selling him. There's got to be a reason everyone's buying him. You can't like these massive clubs can't be willing to spend fifty, sixty million a time on him if he's not very good. And for all of us football fans, like you just said, I don't think anyone thinks he's any good. Well, clearly the hierarchies of massive football clubs and managers do. But then, how, so what was his record? If you've got the stats there. So he, yeah, did, yeah. he he looked good at the start for Chelsea and we let him go because he didn't score enough goals. Yeah. He scored 18 goals, sorry, 16 goals in 47 games for you. Okay, bearing in mind, he scored five in his first five. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, okay. Excuse the stats. Um, so that's one in four. We sold him to, we sent him on loan to Atletico Madrid and he didn't do a lot there from memory. Um, Overall at Atletico, he has played 49 games and scored 18 goals. So pretty much okay. identical to you. Okay, so not great. No. And Juve, that's where I think he had his best season, wasn't it? No, no, Juve, Juve has, he actually had his worst. Um, he played 63 games and scored yeah. 15 goals. Um, and it's actually at Real Madrid the season before you bought him because uh, he went back to Real Madrid. Um, he played 26 games and scored 15 goals. So not great, really. You say about his 15. record. Yeah, that's okay. So that's one season. 
It's the Hulk thing again, isn't it? Well, then, yeah, but then in his first, when he was coming through the ranks of Real Madrid, he played 37 games across like three seasons and scored 10 goals. Important yeah. goals as well. I think that's the thing with him. He does score important goals. So all of his goals for Spain have been um, competitive, qualifying, or actually in the Euros. It's impressive. Goals. Yeah. Play for the big occasion, then. Maybe that's why they've got him. Because again, against in the Champions League, then he he always scores the. I swear he scored the goal that knocked out Real Madrid he, one year, didn't he? And then the then in the semi-finals, he set up the goal against Bayern. I think Juventus went out in the end, didn't they? Because um, mm. I think Thiago scored an absolute worldie of a goal. But Morata was brilliant in that game, and he he was actually did he that score game. against Liverpool this year. Uh, yeah, he did. When they knocked out, yeah, yeah, yeah. did he score at Anfield? Yeah, he did. He scored at Anfield. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe that's what it is then. Maybe he's just not. He's a uh, the opposite to a flat track bully. Big game player, like a Didier Drogba. Like Didier Drogba's goal to game ratio isn't great, but he is a big game player. Okay, then so, so maybe that's what it is. Then. Morata overrated or underrated? Uh, I fall down on the side of neither. <laughs> I fall down on the perfectly on the fence. I'd say possibly underrated. This is what I see, right? So I literally, in my head, when it came up on my thing, and I saw it today and it said, uh, Fabrizio Romano has, you know, you confirmed this deal or whatever. And I literally went, bloody hell, how the hell does he keep moving for this massive money? What an overrated player. And then I looked mm. into it a bit more and I went, Hmm, I don't know now. Maybe not. Maybe not. Hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah. This is I'll why go. I liked this one because I literally oh, no, I can't even answer. Crap it. at Chelsea though. He wasn't very good with us at all. No, he, he wasn't. But he did. I don't know if that was a system thing because there was a couple of times that I watched Chelsea and I thought, God, he looks good. And I remember before he went to Chelsea, I actually thought Arsenal had agreed to deal with him. You were, yeah, you were, you were close to sign for him. I yeah. was really delighted. It's a tricky one, isn't it? But we've, we've got to, I mean, it's our segment. I mean, to be fair, I meant to decide, so I don't know why I'm putting it on you. This is my turn to decide. Yeah, it's on you. And you yeah. decided with Go on, what do you reckon then? It's um, a good one. It's, I really don't know. It's so hard. I, I think I actually am going to fall down just because of the m- amount of stick he gets. Maybe if I add that in as a, as a caveat, I think his transfer values are too high. I think his stats aren't that great. But his timing of his stats, so when he scores those goals, is makes him a big, big game player. And then also add into the fact that people treat him as if he's one of the worst strikers who's ever lived. <laughs> yeah, I they think, do. Yeah, they do. I think he's got to come down on the side of underrated. Uh, that's right. I can't decide. I, can't I have to come back on that one. I have to come back. <laughs> In like 10 episodes time, just like, by the way, yeah, we're out. I've actually been thinking right now. Yeah, yeah, once he's once he scored one goal in ten games for Juve next season. <laughs> well, that is his kind of you know ratios. <laughs> yeah, no, no, yeah. scores ten. In, scores ten in forty. He scores <laughs> yeah. the winner every time. Yeah, exactly. If he scores, if he scores one goal in thirty-eight games next season, but it is the goal that wins them the league on the final day. <laughs> oh, it will be. It will, it will be. be it'll be worth happen. it. Right. Okay. So we've been recording for a little while. Um, we might actually yeah. make this into a, a couple of episodes, but we'll we'll see because uh, this will be quite a long episode. I'd imagine just left on its own, but we'll see what we can cut it down to. Um, thanks very much for for joining us, uh, and Tom. Thank you for powering through when you're not very well. Um, we'll be back, <laughs> yeah, for the podcast team. Um, yeah. We will be back next week uh, with another episode. Um, again, follow us on all the socials. I'll put in the clip now that was in last time where you can find us on everything. But basically, it's not hard. 
Uh, it's the absolute football podcast. Uh, I think I said the absolute football podcast that many times in the in the outro of the last podcast episode. You could make it a drinking game. Um, never forget. Never forget. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, come and find us. Like I said, if you have any questions, if you have any opinions, let us know because we will talk about them in the podcast as we've uh, shown with Lewis. Lewis, get in touch with us and let us know what you thought of Tom's answer to your question. Uh, and yeah, thanks very much for listening if you have been and uh, tune in next time. Hi guys, it's Louis from the Absolute Football Podcast again. Just before you switch off, I just wanted to let you know what our socials are so you can come and find us and get in touch. Uh, we're on Twitter as Absfoot Podcast. Um, it's the only name we could get, so uh, yeah, excuse that. Uh, but if you just type in the Absolute Football Podcast, we should come up as well. Also on the Facebook as the Absolute Football Podcast. Instagram is just Absolute Football Podcast, but again, if you type in the Absolute Football Podcast, you'll probably come and find us as well. And uh, on YouTube is get as well, it's the Absolute Football Podcast. And if you want to email us, we're absolutefootballpod at gmail.com. Uh, so yeah, get in touch any way that you can. We'd love to hear from anyone who's listening. Let us know what you like, let us know what you don't like. Uh, if you want us to discuss things, let us know, get in touch. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. And if you're a football fan, potentially have you on the pod as well. Why not? That's all we are. Two football fans having a chat about football. So if you're another one of those, get in touch. Uh, let us know who you support. Maybe uh, do a clip of you having a very passionate rant about something in football. And uh, we'll try and get you on to, to dig a little deeper. All right. Thanks very much. And uh, tune in next week.